Blog Talk Radio. listening to the Joe Mays and J-Rap show live Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 164th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, alongside of me, co-host J-Rap. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, we are live from uh, Wilson High School uh, in in the gymnasium, and things have just got underway. And as you can hear in the background, um, everyone, you know, is ready to go and uh, excited. Hopefully, um, you know, they can, they can kind of keep it going for the next 12 hours. Uh, that's, that's a tough task, uh, but, um, you know, I know they've got it in them. Yeah, definitely. So just to kind of recap what Justin said, uh, for the 164th episode of the Joe Mays and JRF show, we are live from the gymnasium at Wilson High School in West Lawn, Pennsylvania, for the 2015 Wilson Mini-Thon. Um, and for those of you that maybe aren't aware of what Mini-Thon is, um, we'll give you a little bit of a, an introduction to the event, uh, everything surrounding it. Uh, why we're doing it, what we're doing it for. Uh, we also have a great sports show for you besides uh, the charitable and philanthropic views that we'll be sharing this evening. And uh, we have some people here special tonight helping us for, for a change here. We actually have on the show with us uh, our music producer, Greg Hill. Go ahead, why don't you say a few words here, Greg. Good evening, everybody. So, <laughs> Hope you're all doing well. Yeah, so Greg's here to help us tonight because... Uh, it's the first time in about two years, a year and a half, that we've been, all, you know, on the road doing a show, uh, and we're really excited about this one. Well, we don't have um, these gigantic celebrities like we had uh, a year and a half ago with Chad. What Henny. are you talking about? <laughs> when we had Chad Henney on the show from West Lawn United Methodist Church in June 2013, um, we do have a lot of interesting uh, interviews this evening with some uh, Wilson football players, Minithon organizers, and perhaps even. Um, some families from the Ford Diamonds Fund. So it should be an incredibly exciting show. We're really looking forward to it. And uh, for the first time ever, we'll be broadcasting for more than 45 minutes or an hour. We're actually on the air this evening for three hours, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah, marathon show. Yeah. Uh, I, all I keep running through my head is, is the guy who uh, does the um, the Red Zone channel, Scott yeah. Hanson. Scott Hanson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a lot less than that. But um, yeah, we we still have we're 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 still gonna gonna have our, our version of a marathon show tonight. Yeah. So um, it, it is a special opportunity to interact with a lot of people, people that we're not used to um, interacting with. We've got a large audience here um, down on the dance floor, which we'll get into all that stuff a little bit later. Um, but up first here this evening uh, is going to be a couple interviews. We have interviews lined up. 
with um, Nate Vance, who's in charge of security for Thon. He'll also be bringing along uh, Fort Diamond's uh, fun child, Seth. Uh, if he can't make it, his mom, Elizabeth, will be joining us. Followed right after that will be Wilson, defensive ends, Austin Rosa, and Nolan Campbell. And then following them will be Bulldogs outside linebacker Chris Derby, also offensive lineman. So we have a lot of uh, stuff lined up for the show. Um, but the opportunity to uh, contact us is here and prevalent, and there's multiple ways you can do that. We're going to have it up during the show. Justin's going to mention it. We're going to try to remember to mention it throughout the show. Um, are we doing the? I think they're presenting the colors. Yeah, okay. yeah, they come. All right, we're gonna we're gonna hold off here for a few seconds. there as we uh, did the colors and sang the national anthem very good rendition of the national anthem um, but back to um, the contact information there's a bunch of ways that you can do that this evening um, Justin's going to give you some of that information right now starting with the phone number yeah we'd love to have you uh, call into the show and have your take um, again a little unique on the, on our topic tonight you know some of you we know have a history with Don um, or mini-thon, or, you know, a variety of things. If you would like to get in touch with us, we'll try and take your phone call. Um, you can call the show at 530-563-6297. Again, you can use the May Standard Shop hotline. You can call the show at 530-563-6297. We will try to get this uh, number out a few times throughout the show. Um, it will also be on the screen if you're watching on Ustream, um, so that we can continue to uh, get... Uh, take your questions or take your feedback or hear your stories. Uh, again, during the marathon show, that would be nice to have. <laughs> yeah, we also have uh, the Mays Sandwich Shop email inbox. You can email us, Mays and JRAP at gmail.com. We have that up during the show. Um, we also monitor the Facebook and Twitter feeds. We have fan pages on those sites as well. Uh, have those up during the show if you'd like to contact them that way. Um, that is possible as well. We're also taking text to both mine and Justin's personal show we're going to do that uh personal email and text and all that stuff you can send it to us but we do have this evening we're going to take text to um the joe Mays and jrap uh, hotline which is 215-315-3199 uh, you can text the show at that number 215-315-3199 so a bunch of different ways calling email text facebook twitter all that uh not only for our sports questions but we are going to talk sports but we'll also have a bunch of great people to be interviewed, uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. If you have questions, comments for them, definitely hit us up. Again, we are taking phone calls. We have Greg on that. He's going to be passing it along. So if you want to contact us uh, via the hotline, it's 530-563-6297. All right, we're rapidly approaching our first set of interviews. Before we do that, I think I want to give a little bit of a background on uh, why we're here, what we're doing, um, and that is all related to... Um, Wilson Minithon, which started last year, um, <clears throat> but it, it all goes back to what does Minithon and the larger groups, Penn State Dance Marathon and the Four Diamonds Fund at Penn State Hershey Medical Center, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? Well, these are related to um, childhood cancer. Uh, the facts surrounding that um, include that worldwide, every three minutes, a child is diagnosed with cancer. The num- it's the number one disease killer of children in the United States, which actually is more than asthma, cystic fibrosis, diabetes, and pediatric AIDS combined. 
as the cause of most childhood cancers, unlike the cancers that adults get, is unknown. It ends, ends up being genetic in nature rather than um, physical or, or right. natural in terms less, of... Less environmental conditions correct. and more genetic. Now, you know, obviously those things can have an effect just like any other thing. Um, you know, with even adult cancers, there can be onsets uh, through other things. But like you said, um, you know, it is generally much more of a genetic, more genetic in nature. Um, at least it's believed for many of them to be more genetic in nature because of uh, the lack of time to have, you know, as much exposure uh, to many of those harmful environmental conditions. One in every four elementary schools in the United States has a child with pediatric cancer. So that's kind of just setting the, the groundwork for what, why we're here, what's going on, the events surrounding uh, to help fight pediatric cancer. And that's what Minithon is a part of. And Minithon is actually a trickle-down effect from the Penn State Dance Marathon and related to the Four Diamonds Fund. Um, now, Thon, you can learn more about um, Thon, the main event, at Thon.org. Uh, Thon is the short name for the Penn State Dance Marathon, which was started in 1973. It actually grew from a single dance competition to a 46-hour, basically a community party, which has now been going on um, for a, a number of decades. It's grown to the 46-hour event that actually is uh, next weekend at Penn State uh, main campus in University Park. Um, the one up at Penn State has more than 15,000 students held every year. So it's quite a large, it's actually the largest student-run philanthropy in the world. Some more special guests walking by. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, in 2014, uh, Penn State Dance Marathon raised $13.3 million for pediatric cancer research. All that money goes directly to the Four Diamonds Fund. Um, at least it has since 1977, Penn State Dance Marathon has been partnered with the Four Diamonds Fund and over that uh, nearly, we're closing in on 40-year uh, relationship now, Penn State Dance Marathon has contributed over $110 million to uh, the Four Diamonds Fund. So what is the Four Diamonds Fund? Uh, it's, home, it's based out of Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital, uh, and you can visit their site at fourdiamonds.org. Um, their mission, the mission of the Four Diamonds Fund, is to conquer childhood cancer by assisting children treated at Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital and their families through superior care, comprehensive support, and innovative research. That's the Four Diamonds Fund mission. Um, they support um, about 600 children and their families. Since 1972, the Four Diamonds have helped more than 3,500 <coughs> children and families. That's And the fund supports pediatric cancer research at the Children's Hospital. Uh, and they've been able to assist 100% of the childhood cancer patients treated at Penn State Hershey. Um, the, the most interesting thing is the origination origination of the name, um, the Four Diamonds Fund. It actually was started by a young boy named Christopher Millard, who wrote a fantasy story about Sir Millard, which was a knight searching for four diamonds, representing courage, wisdom, honesty, and strength. Uh, possessing those four diamonds would free Sir Millard from the grips of an evil sorceress. And the four diamonds, courage, wisdom, honesty, and strength are the traits necessary to overcome cancer, according to Christopher Millard. And unfortunately, Christopher passed away at the age 14, and his parents started the Four Diamonds Fund, which leads us to Minithon, which where we are this evening, was started in the mid-90s is when the high school got involved, and participation has skyrocketed in the last 10 years with up to 130 schools and 225,000 students involved now. 
And during the 2013-2014 academic year, Minithons raised over $3.1 million for the Power Diamonds Fund. The Wilson Minithon started last year raising $23,528.73, snatching their goal of over $10,000. This year, the 2015 goal is $50,000. Now, if you're watching us on Ustream, there is a link bouncing around on our screen asking you for donations. So if you are feeling the, the need to uh, donate to, to this incredible cause, click on the link, donate as much as or little as you can. Um, it's it just is such a great event, one that Justin and I are glad to be a part of this year. Um, and without further ado now, we're going to move on to our first set of interviews. And um, we have us here with us this evening some special guests. And up first is going to be a special, a special guest here with us is Seth and his mom, Elizabeth, if I'm correct. That's Seth right. and Elizabeth. All right, all right. I, I'm so glad you guys could join us this evening. It's, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having us. So, Seth, what do you think of uh, the event so far? We're just getting started here. Well, honestly, it's really amazing that people take their time out of their day to do this. Uh, I know you uh, have gotten close with a lot of people um, yeah. in, in the school district. Obviously, you're a student here. Um, you know, you have a ton of friends, but the people in this building right now have been a, a, a great supporter for you over the last few years. And I know um, in the fall you got to participate with the football team. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you enjoy their time? I think it was when they played Lancaster McCaskey, uh, right? Yeah. Actually got some pictures here for you. I think that was his, the favorite part of his whole year so far. Yeah. I, I don't know how that couldn't be. That was That, that is pretty awesome. That was yeah. really cool, yeah. Now, um, we, we caught some pictures of the, the football team throwing up their diamonds, and you walking out for the coin toss. Yeah. I know it was a great event. Was there something from that night that you really, like, that was your favorite thing from that night? What did you enjoy about that? Uh, probably just seeing the whole football team uh, just being that much of support. Yeah, and I, I, I think that, you know, uh, we talk about the money that's raised through these events, and it's fantastic, and, and we, you know, it goes a long way, and, you know, we'll continue to do it, you know, as long as it's needed, um, but that's that's one of the areas where we want people, and I think, you know, Four Diamonds, they, they talk about that a lot, they're there to support in lots of ways, um, you know, not just, you know, fundraising for, for research, but also support the families, and, you know, and the people who are most affected. Yeah. What the football team did that night for him was, um, I think, you know, this disease is something that really makes you, especially as a child, feel very different and very alone um, because you don't typically know a lot of other children that have cancer. Um, and so for them to just reach out with so much love and support um, for him just meant the world to him. It's something he'll never, ever forget. That's awesome. I'm getting goosebumps. He's <laughs> yeah. talking about it. It's awesome. Being there not that night and photographing you throughout your uh, your endeavor that evening. It seemed that you've grown pretty close with some of those players. Are there, are there a few players that really stick out in your mind that have gone above and beyond uh, what you expected of them, or has it just kind of been an entire team atmosphere? Just the entire team's atmosphere. It's amazing. That's awesome. Now, Seth, are you a big sports fan? Uh, yeah. yeah is it, what, what sports do you enjoy to play or watch? Uh, I like football and baseball. Yeah, football and baseball, yeah, those are excellent, excellent choices right there. Um, do you have some favorite teams? Are you, do you favor the local teams, or are you kind of at wider net? Um, I have a 
definitely a wider hat. Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite baseball team? Baseball would have to be Philly. Philly. All right. Good choice, Dad. We like to hear that. How about football? Oh, I have to say, I have to say uh, San Francisco. Okay, okay, I can live with that. We're Niners fans. Instead of wider net, I was a little worried, but I can live with San Francisco. I, uh, that's okay. That's okay. And anything Penn State. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. what yeah. we like to hear. Perfect. We love to hear that. Yeah, Penn State is one of ours. Uh, I'm a Penn State graduate. Penn, uh, Justin's a huge Penn State fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, my wife and I both were involved in thought at Penn State, so coming up next weekend. Are you guys going up next weekend? Uh, yeah. Going. Oh, yeah. And, and now, this event is awesome. The local community getting involved the second year, and it's growing. But what about the one at Penn State? What is the big thing that you see there that weekend that you absolutely love and wouldn't mind seeing Wilson maybe grab onto? Um, I, you know, I think that the Wilson high school students have done such a good job of um, trying to just really reach out the same way that they do at Thon. You know, the kids here at Wilson have been incredibly supportive. Like, I've really been blown away by the way that they have reached out to our family on an ongoing basis throughout the year, not just in preparation of this event. And I think that's one of the biggest things with Thon, too, is that we um, just feel like it's such a big family there. Um, another thing at Thon is that we're so close to so many of the other Thon families. Yep. And it's nice that there are several other families here tonight too it's not just like spotlighting one family it's that there are several families here and so you know that sense of community is awesome one thing that I would love to see in this room is the energy that you feel it's on that you can't you know you know because you've been there but you can't describe that in words yeah, well, and you just I, walk in and you feel that energy. It, I think it has to do with the amount of people that you get Probably. there just involved. You know, it doesn't matter if you go there at 2 in the morning or 6, six o'clock at night. You know, you've got tens of thousands of people there standing on their face, screaming, singing songs, playing games. And it's just an incredible atmosphere, one that's hard to duplicate. But I think Wilson's done an incredible job uh, to get up to speed and uh, really throw themselves into the, the mini-thon family. I think it's great yeah. that uh, in year two, they, you know, they've already uh, uh, done so much more than a year ago when they just were kind of a rookie here. Uh, I, I know the students involved have done an incredible job over the last year getting to where they are now. Um, so, Yeah, they've done an amazing job. We've been really overwhelmed. And I talk about it all the time, like on two Four Diamonds families and on Four Diamonds Facebook page. And I'm just so proud of these high school students. It's amazing how much they've just really put their hearts into it. It's great. Now, Seth, do you watch, uh, besides, we talked about football yes. and uh, baseball. Do you watch any hockey? A uh, little bit. A little bit. Okay, a little bit. Um, we're actually having uh, the Buckley family on a little bit later, Colton. And I know um, he's associated with the Penn State men's hockey yeah. team up there. They've been yeah, they, he's there. a part of the hockey oh, team. Oh, yeah, it's there. absolutely yeah. incredible to see how they've latched on to him. Uh, do you have an organization that you oh, work yeah. with? We have Alpha Kappa Lambda Fraternity. Okay. And some of them are here tonight. They drove down from Penn State. Oh, that's, oh, awesome. that's yeah. great. That's glad to hear it. Yeah, when I was work, I uh, was associated with the College of Earth and Mineral Sciences and uh, – uh, we have three families that we're associated with, uh, three Four Diamonds families, and oh, wow. uh, they've really become part of our family. Um, the, the Brewer family um, started with us uh, when our organization started, and they actually were at uh, my wedding. 
you know, oh, so, so you that. get really tight with those the, with the families, and it's just, it really is an actual family, you get so associated with them, and I'm so glad to hear that some of them came down uh, for the local event, you know, you're going to see them next weekend, too, at the, at the giant main event in State College, but uh, it's so great that they were able to come down and spend, with, spend the, the evening and day with you here as well, that's so great. So, yeah. now, it's dancers for for next weekend. So your dancers are here. Are here. Oh, wow. This is a little tune-up for them, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, we were joking around earlier, and I'm like, man, the idea of 12 hours makes my leg hurt, you know, and now I'm thinking, like, you know, 46 hours, that's just crazy, but, you know, it. it I think they put it They put it well at the beginning, you know, you, you keep you have the bigger purpose in mind, you know, when you're when you're doing these things, and it's all for, you know, an awesome cause, so yeah. um, I, I, that's awesome to hear that you have that support that, you know, they're coming down tonight. Yeah. So Seth, did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, yes. Now, I know, you know, it, it wasn't the 49ers in yeah. it, and being a 49ers fan, you might not be too excited about the Seahawks, yeah. so were you cheering for the Patriots? Yeah. You were, so you're excited about the outcome yeah. then. Now, do you like Tom Brady and the Patriots, or are you yeah. just happy the Seahawks lost? Uh, I'm, I like uh, Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about quarterback a little bit later. Uh, I'm sure Tom Brady's probably going to come up in our conversation. So now, you know, we we spent a lot of time talking, asking you guys questions. Is there anything that you wanted to ask us? Um, you know, about our involvement, about sports. You know, that's what our uh, that's what our our show is all about. So if there's something you want to ask us, go right ahead. If not, we'll keep throwing stuff at you. Got no problem doing that. Questions? No, no questions. <laughs> now, what? I'm sorry if you already answered, but I didn't hear it. What? What made you a 49ers fan? Uh, well, my grandpa, great grandma, uh, he really loved the 49ers. Okay. He's from California. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. And I think before the playoffs. Away. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's family connection. And you got someone yeah. else that likes me. Yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm a Philly sports fan except for NFL. I'm a Dolphins fan. You know, it's completely Dolphins. random. You know. Yeah. That's his number two. Actually, team. lucked out when Chad Henney got drafted by. I was sitting yeah. next to him when they drafted Chad Henney, and he jumped up and was screaming and jumping <laughs> and up and down. And it was yeah. funny. It was yeah. awesome. I, I played with Chad here at Wilson. And Chad was on our show a year and a half ago. So when he got drafted by the Dolphins, my favorite team, I freaked out because that was just like a dream come true, being like I actually have in some way know the starting starting quarterback for the Dolphins. So that was cool. But I'm a Dolphins fan through some random family connection as well, but I like all the other Philly teams. So yeah. It's always yeah. interesting to find out why people like the teams that they do. So yeah. that, that's a lot of fun. Now, um, I know you've been up to Penn State for Thon. Have you been up for any football games ever? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. We love Penn State football. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, that, now, that's another – you talk about energy levels. It, that it, it's cool. exciting. It's exciting, yeah. That yeah. Were you up to a game this past year? Uh, we were at several this several. year. Several. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Do, you, do you have season tickets? No. But you have, no, you have connections. We have some connections. Connections. Though. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what games did you get to see in person this year? I think uh, East Michigan. East Michigan. East Michigan. Okay. Yeah, we were I, we were up for three or four. I can't even remember which. They kind of all run together oh, yeah, as the years go by. We, no, we didn't see Ohio State. We tried to go the ones earlier in the year yeah. because, you know, it gets so cold <laughs> oh, in the yeah. Stadium. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Justin and I actually went up to the Ohio State game. We were there for that one together, and I went to one at the beginning of the year. But this guy right here, he does have season tickets. I do. So. I do. Oh, yeah. just, just send in our check. <laughs> just send in our check for next year. He's also um, a Wilson water polo coach, though, so he doesn't get to go to all the right, games. Right, yeah, there's conflicts. You yeah. know, so I, I immediately compare the, the home football schedule with, with water polo tournaments, and then, we, you know, we end up trying to situate that. So. Yeah. I um, there's another family here, the Wagners, yep. and their org at Penn State is the water polos. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, awesome. I know some yeah, of the players yeah, yeah. on the water polo team up there. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's so so great to see uh, that, that so many families could be here tonight and have such great stories to tell about the organizations at Penn State and, and yeah. uh, the dance marathon up there. So, um, well, I you know I don't want to keep you guys. You know, you're free to go back and enjoy right. the floor downstairs. Yeah. I've, Thank you guys so much Party for away joining downstairs. Thank you. Thank, a, you, thank so you so much. much yeah, we really on. appreciate you uh, taking some time out, especially so early on, and getting up here to talk to us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so for much. Inviting thank us. you for yeah. inviting us. Yeah. Yes. yes, thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of the evening. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, before you go, uh, we actually have a shirt for you to take <laughs> with. Um, Greg's going to hook you up with that. Uh, he'll bring it over for you. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your evening. All right, so uh, that was Seth and his mom, Elizabeth, uh, one of the Four Diamonds Fund families that's here this evening. Um, one of the first of many interviews we'll be doing tonight. Um, so that was, a, that was a lot of fun. It was fun to that talk awesome, to Seth. Yeah. Uh, he's such a great kid. He had so much fun. I'll throw up some of those pictures from the game this fall. Um, the football team really rallied behind them um, and had uh, Four Diamonds Fund shoelaces on a lot of them taped their wrists and wrote Seth and had four diamonds on um and you know he just they, they really rallied around it was a lot of fun seeing the football team take part um and uh we have a couple minutes here before our next set of interviews um do you want to, we actually have with us uh, this evening also in addition to Seth and his mom Elizabeth here we have um rules and regulations um director here uh, Nate Ben. Um, who is a Wilson football player, and I have his picture up on the screen right now with Seth um, from the game of this fall, and I'll pull him up on camera here so you can see him, and there he is, standing with the rest. So, Nate, um, now, were you involved in Minicon last year? Actually, I was not. Okay. This is my first year uh, doing it. Um, when I came on, uh, they brought, they started the Rules and Regs Committee this year, and they thought it was a perfect fit for me, so I've been doing the job, and been semi-running smoothly so far tonight. <laughs> I was had a couple of hiccups. I, I was going to say, man, you know, for not being involved last year to come right in into a you know big-time leadership role, that's that's pretty. I'm sure it's exciting. It'll be more exciting after the fact. It's probably pretty stressful right now, but oh yeah, we appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, we're going to and all your help getting everything set yeah. up. You're a big help. Yeah, yeah, definitely making this happen. We're going to welcome in a couple of your teammates here in a few minutes uh, once they arrive, but. Um, how uh, how did you choose to get involved? Did they seek you or did you seek them out? It was a little bit of both. Um, my friend Ian Roth, the overall of this, he thought I he wanted me to join. Uh, I knew I wanted to get involved in something really great, and I know like this was like a great event, so I thought it was just the perfect fit. And they had the they had the rules and regs job that uh, were fit right into my line of work. Right. So. Um, 
Now, what's your favorite part of Minicon? I think it's just the overall atmosphere. Like, everybody's just happy and, and cheery. And, like, we're all just having a great time. I I think right now I've been the only one that's frowning along with the other captains <laughs> and all the stress. But every, besides that, everybody's smiling and having a good time. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. It's just having, it's just one big community party. And that's the great part about this a community carnival from 6 to 9 tonight. Um, that gets uh, everyone involved here to see what the students are doing, uh, helping out this huge philanthropy that is just growing so much. Um, now, uh, you know, in addition to your working with um, Minithon, um, you're also, like I said, a football player. You're part of an incredible senior class to go through, Wilson. Um, you know, what was your favorite part of uh, the football season this past fall? My favorite part of the football season this fall would have to be the fact that we defined what everybody thought of us. We came out and no one thought we were going to go anywhere. Everybody thought we were going to just get rolled over by Midland, rolled over by all the other teams. But we said we shocked the world. We yeah. shocked oh, absolutely. The yeah. And entering the, this year, you know, everything in the newspaper, they actually were picking you guys to win the league because they didn't do that last year and you destroyed everyone again. They were like, well, we'll pick them, but. You know, they don't have anything coming back. Yeah. You know, we'll pick them kind of because they're Wilson. Well, you know, you just guys went just went 10-0 in the league, undefeated run through the league again, um, to back-to-back undefeated seasons. First time Wilson's ever done that. And, you know, Wilson's a historic program. For you guys to do that back-to-back, it's really incredible. You go on to win your second district title in three years. I think there's only another senior class that can say that. So, um, arguably, at least in the playoff era, you are probably the most successful team to come through Wilson. What, what does that make you think leaving your legacy here like that to be like, I was part of something that is one of the best, if not the best all time? You know, I, I never thought of that. <laughs> I have the stats. I can read them over. I'll, I'll go over it with you. I, I, I just never thought that we were the, uh, the best. Well, I hear about all those great teams that come through Wilson and – well, the 2014 seniors, which would be you and the guys we're going to have on here next, you guys were 39-4 and four overall. You played 43 games. For the record, you're guaranteed 30. You played, you 43. played 43. Yeah. Um, you almost you won more than some people get to play. 39-4. and four, You had 29-1 and one in the regular season. You lost one regular season game in your careers, and that was to Harrisburg the second week of your sophomore year. Wow. <laughs> You were 21 and 0 in the league. You were 8 and 1 non-league. You got three league titles, three District One one seeds, two District Three titles, and two state final four appearances. Okay, the, now the playoffs started in the, in the early mid 80s, so um, John Gerson didn't get to take his team to the playoffs. So arguably, you know, we can't compare those. But in terms of mid 80s to now, you're the most successful team statistically in Wilson history. So, you know, yeah, the I, problem is the class behind you is pretty darn talented. And if they win 14 games next year, they'll eclipse your record. So, you know. Now, now to be fair, 14 is a heck of a lot. So that's no that's no small task. So, you know, you, you guys, but you, you know, that aside, you guys made an, had an amazing run, um, not just this year, but over the course of of all the years. So, uh, you know, congratulations. It was a, it was a lot of fun to watch this year as you guys went. Thank you. Kept going and kept going and kept going. And yeah. like you said, defied what a lot of people thought was possible this year. Yeah. Thank so you. I want to thank you for joining us. I know you're busy doing your security and enjoying Minithon. We're going to move on to our next set of interviews. But again, Nate Bench, Rules and Regulations Director here for Wilson Minithon. 
uh, Wilson football player. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for tracking down Seth and his mom to join us as well. No yeah, problem. we appreciate right. it. Enjoy the rest of the night. Thank you very much. And just guys tap on their shoulders and tell them to take a seat. We'll do. Thank you again. Yeah. All right, so that, again, was Nate Bent, uh big part of Wilson Minithon here uh, in uh, West Lawn, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're going to move right on to our next set of interviews here, uh, which are another set of football players. Um, uh, pretty big shoes to fill over the years. Uh, none maybe bigger than these two here that we're going to talk about just in a few seconds. Um, we're going to do them separately, you know, but they've done so much together over the years. It's probably best to have them on as a unit as they've uh, grown to do over, the, especially the last two seasons uh, as Bulldog football players. Uh, joining us now are defense ends Nolan Campbell and Austin Rosa. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you, thank you. So uh, we just talked to Nate a little bit about Minithon um, and his involvement and just what it, what it means to him and the kids that are that are here this evening. Um, I don't know how much involvement you've had, but what's your um, just you're looking at the event? What do you think about this event and what it does for the community? I mean, it's a it's a great thing to have this all together, you know, set up by Wilson, you know, really well known football team and high school in the area. And, I mean, the size comparison to last year is unbelievable. I came here last year and spent the whole night. And I remember during community hours, there was, I mean, a fraction of the amount of people that are here today. The fact that it's only been two years running and it's already this big, is just it's great to see that there's this many people showing up to support. Yeah, I know. I talked to Ian Rossi overall. He said last year I think there were 120 dancers registered, and this year there are over 300. So it's easily more than doubled, um, and it's great to see the impact. And you said you were here last year, yep. Austin. Austin, uh, Nolan, have you been to Minithon before? Uh, no, this is, this is your first trip? Is. Me too. This is my first trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was able to stop by last year. We donated some food, and I hung out and saw saw some of the games going on. But it's a, it's a really really awesome event. I know you probably heard about it throughout the year, and I know you guys uh, were involved directly this fall on the football program um, against the Lancaster McCaskey game. We had Seth and his family here, um, and I know you guys were a big part of the awareness that went on that evening. Um, you know whether it was just the colored tape, uh, putting, throwing up your four diamonds for Seth, just hanging out with him, making him feel uh, involved and a part of a family. And he was on here this evening talking about the way the football team made him feel, and he's just absolutely thrilled um, what you guys were able to do for him and what you guys continue to still do for him. And that kind of really spills over into what's happening tonight, you know, just the, the students looking out for uh, other kids. And, I mean, really, guys, as high school football players for the little kids in the community, you are role models to them. Whether you want to be or not, the little kids look up to you. What, how does that make you feel? To know people like Seth and those younger just looking at you guys like, I want to be like that someday. Um, I'm, I'll go. <laughs> well, I mean, having Seth with the team was just a great experience. He was a really great kid, and, you know, he, he was part of the family for a solid week, and I wish we could have had him at more games. He was a great supporter, and he definitely made us, you know, play our hearts out. Seeing a little kid go through something like that and, it's just it makes you feel so grateful for what you have, and you know having something like Fun put together just to help and raise money. It's great to see we're doing everything we can. Yeah, and it is an incredible event. Yeah, I think it it, it really, um, you know, it's something that not not that it was lost on me, and I, I thought about it before, but just hearing from him and his mom, like how special that week was to them, um, was really. I I told them it, it gave me goosebumps. They were. Like, just talking about it, they were so excited to, like, 
think back to that week. She said it's by far his highlight of the school year was was that week and that game. And you know that's something you know even you know as as an adult that's tough to kind of grasp that impact. You know that that things that you know it's the right thing to do, but you know it's not necessarily all that tough. You know I'm sure it wasn't all that tough to include Seth in those things that week. You know and it seems like you know it is the right thing to do, and yet that means so much to him and his family. You know I think. A lot of times it's tough for us to realize how much that means to other people. So, you know, congratulations and thank you guys for doing that. You know, um, what that means to him and then what, you know, he can take that positive message forward. You know, she said how she's constantly telling everyone, you know, whether it's through the Four Diamonds, you know, network or whether it's um, the representatives at Four Diamonds or the other families, just how supportive the Wilson community and including the football team are. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's a testament to you guys and, and, you know, the character that you guys have. All right, let's talk a little bit of football about this past year. Um, it was one for the record books at, at Wilson again, which is hard to think that we keep saying that every year, but the program keeps getting better, and I know the, the local teams, whether they want to admit it or not, um, to see Wilson continue to get stronger and stronger is just incredible, and it's a testament to just the way the program has been built from the ground up. And you guys had another incredible year. Um, you know, Looking back on those 15 games you guys got to play, which you essentially got to play another half a season that a ton of teams in the state don't even get to think about. And I said to Nate right before you guys got on, you know, in your three years as high school football players, you were 39-4. and four. You played in 43 games, and Justin always points out, you're only guaranteed 30. You played 13 more. You literally played an entire extra season because of how strong you guys were these past three seasons. Um you, you actually go down in the Wilson record book as the most successful senior class in the history of Wilson football. Um, you're at 39 and four. I think that's one or two better than I think last year's senior class. So you just kept building on it. Um, I know you've got an incredible town class coming up behind you. So it's going to be hard to hold on to that title, but they'd have to win, I think, 14 next year to tie or eclipse you. It's close. Um, but looking back on just your senior year, 14-1, and one, absolutely incredible accomplishment. Only the third team to reach 14 wins. What was the biggest moment, and each of you can answer this separately. You don't have to pick the same thing. What was the biggest moment as a team this past season? Uh, to you. I, it doesn't have to be uh, everyone. Yeah. What's your opinion on it? It was just like uh, just beating this one and going undefeated again. And it's just like winning another district championship. And one fourteen or no. Just like a lot of people doubt him this. That's what Nate said. Yeah. I was gonna say that seems to be a theme with the with the, with the guys um, that we, that we've talked to tonight. You know, just defying defying the the odds and what people were saying before the season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, how, about gonna, you, how about you, Rosa? What would, what would you pick? Um, you know, with with people picking us to go five and five or four and six at the beginning of the season, you know that definitely made us want to try uh, try our, our hearts out. And then the fact that we were able to beat beat Mifflin the season opener, you know, that definitely shows that we were the real deal. And we went on, you know, to win nine more games, go undefeated, you know, start off number one in the district for the playoffs, then go out and win a district championship against Central Dolphin, who definitely seemed to want some revenge against us. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> you had you had a memorable play against Central Dolphin in that yeah. that playoff. Oh my gosh! 
Um, I actually forgot I'm, about I'm, that. I'm showing your your huddle highlight right now from the Manheim Township game. I want to get back to Manheim Township because the two of you were absolutely freaks against Manheim Township. But I want to talk maybe about that Central Dolphins play because I think yeah, I put one of the pictures I took from that game I got right here. That's you crossing into the end zone after you picked up that fumble. I know you walked it through. I probably Reading Eagle or some of the radio guys over there then. But walk us through that play and that kind of cemented the momentum in your favor. You know, we just had uh, Jake Templin hit uh, game in on the pass to go up 7 nothing. Uh, they got the ball back. I don't know if it was on the next series or, or within a few minutes of that happening. You're up 7 nothing. What happened on that play where you ended up picking it up and running 33 yards for the touchdown? Um, I was on a wide rush, and I definitely overshot my boundary, <laughs> like I usually do. And you know, I hit a quick spin move, and I go back to the play. And, it, you know, for a good solid two seconds, the play looked like it was over. They were standing up the running back. And, you know, the ball fell to the ground, and I didn't hear a whistle. And grabbed the ball, started sprinting. And, you know, I actually see, whenever I watch the play, there was a kid, there was a wide receiver that got really close to me. Now, he had a quick burst of speed. He got really close, but... I managed to pull away, you know. Thankfully, I had the wheels to keep going. And, and uh, I know you probably can't see it, but I pulled up the video from Huddle. You're off to the races, but that one, he almost caught you. Yeah. He almost caught you. He was fast. <laughs> he, was yeah. little, he was a little receiver, and, you know, you see he has a quick burst, and he, he gets close, but... Yeah. I'm glad we didn't have, like, a Leon Letter, Deshaun Jackson moment there, you drop know, as you drop the ball, go and drop the line. <laughs> you can be sure you would have never heard the end never of that Never heard one. the end of it, no, yeah. not at all. That would have been uh, one uh, <laughs> one that people never would have let down at all. Now, I'm going to quick pull up here. You had another memorable moment this past season. Before we get to some of Nolan's highlights here, um, this is uh, from Lancaster McCaskey. Um, you took an interception back 94 yards, which I, I don't think it's the longest in Wilson history, but it's probably the longest for a lineman in Wilson history. <laughs> and, and the video is up right now of you chugging along. You burned all of them. Like I couldn't believe watching this happen. I, I just that was absolutely incredible to see. What were you thinking? Now, now were you lined up at end and drop back, or were you no, a linebacker? I was nose tackle. You were nose tackle. <laughs> There's a play where they put me on nose tackle, and whenever we run it, I'm always thinking back to Warwick last year, where I had the same type of play. They dropped me into middle coverage, and I spy the quarterback. Okay. And you know he was, he was about to get sacked, and he just threw the ball up and went right to Cut me. right in front yeah. of it. Yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. And that was crazy coincidence. That was the night that Seth was there. Yep. That was during the Lancaster Cascade, so that was awesome. Um, now, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, the two of you absolutely love playing Manheim Township. You got to do it twice this year. Uh, combined, I, let me see if I have it written down here. I'm pretty sure that I do. It's something ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Rosa, two games against Township, 20 tackles, eight tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. Nolan against Township, three and a half sacks in the playoff game. What was it against Mannheim Township that you were just like went out? Like, was their line bad, or did you just know that Benjamin, like, you knew what he did? It's just like, uh, I just watched film on them, and I, when I uh, knew we were going to play him in the playoffs, I just uh, studied their line and how fast they got off the ball, how slow they got off the ball, and how quick uh, Benjamin threw the ball. So, like, every play, I told myself, I want to get a sack, I want to get a sack. So, um, And that's what you just did. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, one series where I got three sacks in a row, and it was just like, that I kept telling myself, oh, I, I want another one, and I want another that one. That was awesome. So, it was just like, you know, it was just the best feeling. It's got to be demoralizing, as you're the guy lining up across from you, and you just beat me for a sack, and then 
and then you beat me again, and then you beat me again. <laughs> like, it's time to punt at that point, you know. It's time to just sell, sell out, you know. It's, they, they probably should have tried running it, although, guys, you guys are getting tackled behind the line. It was ridiculous when I was looking up the stats for this, for this you know, right here. I'm like, is this, did they actually do this to Township? Because I remember being there and, and ta- you know, watching it happen on the field, but it didn't log in my memory how dominant you guys were against them. So when, you know, you advanced and you knew you were playing them the next round, after what you did to them in the regular season, were you like, oh, we got this? Uh, do you carry that confidence, or do you think they're going to game plan around you? Our team was great because we never got cocky. We were, I mean, it, we were 10 and 0. We were still picked to lose the first game of the playoffs. Carlisle, Carlisle. Yeah. probably the toughest 16 seed ever to play. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, that was gosh. definitely that was. They were um, really good. And that, I was about to say mismatch. Obviously, it wasn't a mismatch. It's a terrible seeding because oh, yeah. they were a lot better than a 16 seed. Oh yeah. But isn't that great when you're a great? You know, you're a great team. You're getting you know, crapped on from people around, you know, whether it's them talking trash on Twitter, which we know happened during the season, whether it's writers not giving you enough respect. But it's better to play good teams, you know, throughout the season. I mean, look at your non-conference, non-league schedule. You played the top three seeds outside of yourselves the first three games of the year. So going into the playoffs, did that really give you a great mentality being like, we already were thrown into the fire. We came out on top, undefeated. We're just going to run the gauntlet again. Did you think entering the playoffs that you were the team to beat? We're always the team to beat. <laughs> and the fact that we ended up playing all those teams again, and Coach Dom's always specifically said it's incredibly hard to play a team twice. And we, what, played all three of them? Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. Yeah. You had Carlisle, uh, then Township then CD East, then Central Dolphin. Uh, and you, no matter what, you were going to play the district title against one of them because it was either going to be CD or Mifflin. Um, that, that you, Nolan mentioned it when we talked about like highlights from the year. Starting off that first week with that kind of victory over Mifflin, what kind of momentum did that give you guys? Uh, it was big. I mean, going into the half, I didn't think, honestly, me, I didn't think uh, we were going to win that game. And just going into the half, coach just saying, uh, we got to pull out a big uh, comeback win. And uh, when we came out the second half, we just tied it up and won in the overtime. And when we won, that gave us the big, uh, like, a boost of momentum going into the season. Awesome. I, I, I would have to think that at that point, too, you know, because, you know, I, I know this kills us to say sometimes, you know, as as Wilson people, but Mifflin was really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and everybody knew it. They were really good. Um, everyone kind of knew what you were going to get from them. I think Wilson, as you guys have said, everybody kind of doubted. The people here, I don't think, doubted as much, but it was still, you know, a lot of people say it was unknown. We didn't know what to expect. But a game like that, you know, especially where it wasn't an easy game by any stretch, you know, it, it was down. I'll be honest, I was in my car listening on the radio, and I had my doubts. Did you I, left early? No, I had water polo. Oh, exactly. Hey, we have a fellow water polo player sitting oh, yeah. at this table right now, all right? And it's not Nolan. <laughs> I, think, right. I think he'd be a good goalie. Honestly, oh, my I think gosh. he'd be a good goalie. If we had anyone on the polo team half the size of either of these guys, that would, that would be huge. Wait, um, you're saying Ginther's not that big? I'm saying no one on our team is just big. Tristan is a big guy. I mean, yeah. Tristan is big. Tristan is big. Yeah, but when you pat his hair down, it goes <laughs> <down. laughs> All right. Before we move on to your teammates who are standing right over here, um, I just want to ask you guys, um, 
colleges. You guys are, you know, you guys going to college. I, I know Austin. I've heard about you, Nolan. You furthering your education. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, working on some things. You're right working now. on. Yeah. Are you gonna? Are Keep you working hard. To play football. Yeah. Okay. Football. You have uh, some feelers out there. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, Keep, keep yeah, us yeah, posted. We love to hear. We love when you guys get to move on, going to, you know, more education, more football. That's awesome. So definitely keep us in the loop. Let me know when you make your decision. Austin, you know, yours came out a couple weeks ago. Um, what was the recruiting process like? I, I know you had offers from other schools. You ended up settling on Rutgers as a preferred walk-on. Um, what, how... How far along in the process did you start talking to Rutgers? Uh, I'd say probably around the end of December. I was lucky enough to get in contact with the director of recruiting. And um, it wasn't, you know, right away they showed this great interest in me. But, I, you know, I kept talking to them. And, you know, I stayed in touch. And, you know, they watched my highlight tape. Coach Galliano told them that they, they showed the other coaches what I could do. And, you know, I, I definitely waited a long time. And I was getting really nervous. I really wanted to play D1 football. I had an offer from Central Connecticut State. And I'm really thankful for that. But, you know, Rutgers, everything about it, every aspect of that school was perfection. I mean, it's close to home. I want to be close to my family. Big Ten football, you can't argue with that. Yeah. We uh, won't argue with that. We though. won't argue with that at all. <laughs> yeah, I know Justin and I, as huge Penn State fans, we're looking forward to oh, you great. playing at a Big Ten school. Yeah, I know, I know. No, you know, yeah. but, it's okay. We are really... We're we, really happy dude, for you. We also know you're a huge New York sports fan, and oh, we don't hold that against right, you. Right. You and I used to go back and forth at yep. West all the time. Yep. Rangers, so, Yankees. You know, you're not too far. You know, yeah. Yeah, you hop on the train but, and get there. Well, we've got to wrap up here and move on, but congratulations to both you guys yeah. on an incredible season. I'm glad you guys are here taking in the event. Enjoy the rest of the evening, and thank you so much for joining us. Before you go, my man right here, we've got some T-shirts for you. Thank if you, you let him know what size you need, he'll hook you up. All right. Thank you, thank you very thank much you for having us. Thank you, guys. All right. Let's go, Zerbian Templin. Let's go. All right. So we're going to move right along here to our uh, last set of interviews for the evening here. Um, we got two more Wilson football players joining us. Uh, leaving now are Austin Rose and Nolan Campbell. Joining us going to be Jake Templin and Chris Zerby. Jake was the quarterback for the football team this, this fall. Chris Zerby played offense and defense. Uh, for the Bulldogs, uh, so we're really excited to have them here as well. Um, I don't have much uh, media-wise here for Jake because I wasn't sure he's going to be able to join us. Uh, I'll try to pull something up, but I do have Zerby's highlights. I'll play those for you while we ask him a few questions. First of all, real quick, Zerby, how do you like this cold temperatures uh, related to what we were in a couple weeks ago? Uh, uh, say I missed Jamaica and the, the warmth. Yeah, yeah. Even you know, it wasn't like real hot, like you know, when we were down there, but it was nice. Yeah, it was. And now, like it is, it is really cold. When we were bringing equipment in, I couldn't feel my hands today. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, now, guys, first up, before we talk football, we're going to talk about the event here this evening. I see you're both wearing those awesome hot pink shirts, senior class of 2015. Um, were both of you involved with Minithon last year, or is this your first foray into the event? Um, last year, I came to the community hours, but uh, I wasn't as big of a part as this year. I'm a little bit more involved with it. Yeah, same here. I went to community hours last year, but uh, this year I'm staying over the whole night. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you guys involved. And, and we said at the beginning of the show, we had um, Seth on, who you guys are familiar with from the fall. He, I, he hung out with you guys the week of Lancaster McCaskey. And uh, he really was appreciative of everything you guys did all, all week long, especially Friday night at the football game. We have to, you know, in the process of destroying McCaskey, you in, incorporated him into all the team functions. 
uh, him and his mom were so pleased with everything you guys did for them that week. What was it like to have Seth with the team, and what kind of energy did he give you guys entering that that game that Friday? Uh, I mean, it was it definitely gave us a lot more motivation for the game to know that we're playing for something more than uh, just ourselves and stuff. And uh, just thanks, like Nate Ben, he was really leading the charge for our team and uh, supporting Seth and everything. Yeah, it was a cool experience to hear his story and actually have him on the sideline while we were playing and uh, coming off and talking to him during in, in between plays and stuff. And uh, playing for him gave us a little extra push. Yeah, it's awesome. And and I know, like, uh, uh, jo- Joey mentioned this already, but just hearing them, uh, Seth and his mom, talk about, like, that was the highlight of his school year so far. He said that week. That meant so much to him. He was so excited. Um, you know, it. It, it, it's cool because, you know, then I hear his mom telling how she tells everyone how great the football team and how great the community and the school and everyone are uh, to, to Seth and the family. And, you know, and that's, that's always a, a good message to get out. And it, it's easier when, when to, like, get that message out when people are doing good things, you know, like taking Seth in for a week or raise the money here at Miniton, you know, standing all night and all, all kinds of crazy stuff. So we appreciate all that you guys do, you know, to help us get that message out. Thank you. All right, so you guys had a pretty successful year this past year um, with the football team. You're going home. Yeah, I think uh, so. So we were we talked about this with some of your some of your teammates and, and some of the other uh, seniors. Um, you know, I think uh, Joey said your record was um, thirty. Was it thirty nine and four? Thirty nine and four. Yeah, thirty nine and four in in. Uh, you know, the three years, um, that's that's absolutely incredible. When we talk about that, you know, that, that's 43 total games. Um, I like to remind everyone you're guaranteed 30, right? You're guaranteed 30 games, and you guys got to play 43, uh, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, if, if you had to, like, think of a highlight, either as a team or kind of, like, personally, you know, what what really stands out to you from, from this past season? You can both answer. It doesn't have to be the same thing. Uh, well, I mean, for me, I definitely think just uh, obviously the Mifflin game, you know, just uh, how big the rivalry is and just the fashion in which we won. It was, uh, it was a pretty special moment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know a lot of people kind of talk about Wilson Mifflin. It's kind of like NASCAR in the sense yeah. that, like, the, the biggest game is the first game. Uh, you know, and obviously that, that's always going to be a big one. How about how about you? Uh, I think the district championship because no one knew or thought we would get there, and we got there and then – one, so uh, that was a big game for all of us to prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, it, it's kind of an exciting, um, again, another common theme from, from the guys who have been on the show tonight, just kind of how, you know, it, it wasn't didn't seem to be lost on any of you that um, you weren't necessarily the consensus pick uh, to, you know, to win the district or any of that stuff, and you guys kind of just kept doing your job uh, week in, week out, and, you know, that's no small task. You played some uh, good teams early in the season, and you played a lot of those teams that were good as well at the end of the season. Again, um, you know, to beat a team twice, I know, I know, Coach Dom isn't, isn't real thrilled when he has to play a team a second time. Uh, so you guys kind of managed to run the gauntlet twice. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, we had um, uh, Austin and Nolan on to talk about how they really like playing Mannheim Township. Um, Derby, you had a pretty successful time against Mannheim Township as well, and uh, you know, we said to them was. Did you see something the first time around with Township or any team, really, that you got to play a second time? 
did you expect them to game plan differently, or did you just know we can beat them straight up no matter what they throw at us, we got them? Because you had a lot of success against Township. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, with Township and just like any of the other teams that we played before, like the Central Dolphins and stuff, uh, our coaches are like, they're really good at game planning for every team we face, especially if we're facing them a second time. We pretty much have them completely figured out. So, I mean, all the credit goes to our coaches, I feel like, making the game plan. Now, uh, I hear that a lot, by the way. Like the, All the time when we're talking to the football guys, they're like, we're so well prepared, we're so well prepared. Now, some of that is on, you know, you have to put the time in to be prepared, but a lot of that comes from the coaches too. So, Now, uh, Justin asked you already, like, you know, highlight from the year, like what was the big the big moment? You know, and you mentioned the, the Mifflin game. I, obviously, putting that one aside because of the rivalry and how thrilling a game it was, was there another game the rest of the year even if it wasn't for anything, you know, not even Central Dolphin the second time around or Warwick at the end of the year when you clinched, you know, another undefeated season. Was there one moment in a specific game or one game in general that you just felt we've, we've arrived, this is the moment that everyone can start to believe in us again? Um, uh, for me, I just think when we played Central Dolphin the first time at Central Dolphin because we came into the season with, like, a new off-season schedule or off uh, non-league schedule, I mean, and uh, and like we knew and those are going to be probably our three toughest games throughout the season and able to come out of that 3-0. That, that's when I knew that we could be a, a good team. Yeah. I, th- I think we've got a line dance uh, going on right now, so it's uh, pretty loud. It's a little, little loud right here yeah. right now. Um, but, so, um, Derby, I have your highlights going on right now. Obviously, you are a two-way player, offense, defense, lineman, linebacker. Got a ton of accolades on offense, lineman of the year. You only moved back to the line this year. Uh, was it something you were you expected to do? Did you do it out of necessity? Because uh, you were playing tight end two years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know it's not the glory position that a quarterback can be. Yeah. But the linemen, you know, they're always saying in the trenches, that's where the games are won. You know, if you had to do it all over again and they say, you can play tight end or, or, or guard, what would you actually pick? I mean, to be honest, I, I really did enjoy my time at the line. I wasn't thrilled about it when I heard I was moving back, but you know, I knew it was best for the team, and I had a good time with it. You know, just as long as, I mean, winning's more fun than any personal accolade, so whatever whatever helps get the win, that's what I'm happy with. Funny how that works. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, at guard and outside linebacker, there's a talented class behind you moving on up. Who do you expect to fill your shoes at guard and linebacker next year? Um, well, I know Bode, uh, he was the other outside linebacker with me. Uh, he, he was only a sophomore. He did an incredible job for us this year. So I think he's definitely just going to get better and better as the year goes on for linebacker. And, I mean, we actually... Uh, we got Ike, Pete Widener, uh, Nick Klein coming back off an injury. So I think our line should be really solid next year, too. They're, they're going to be uh, have a really good team. Now, <laughs> uh, Jake, you quarterback of the team, biggest position on the field. Everyone's looking at you. You're taking over from essentially a two-year starter, Matthew Machenko. Um what were your expectations coming into the year? Did you see what happened on the field? Is that what you – did you know that's how it was going to go? Like, did you know how close the team was, how talented the team was? Um, and, and I guess the second part of the question would be, what's it like to be quarterback 
at, at Wilson with such the rich history of the position. Um, I knew we were a close group of guys, and we worked hard over the summer. But when we went in the two scrimmages, we didn't play so well. So I didn't know how the season was going to go, but I knew we were going to play hard the whole year. And I guess that's what, uh, that's what needed to happen to win a district championship. And uh, to be quarterback with following Chad Andy, Kerry Collins, even Seth Klein, Matthew Jacob, I mean, it's tough, and it's big shoes to fill. So, I mean, I, I put my work in over the summer, and uh, it paid off. Yeah, it paid off in a huge way. You have a bunch of Wilson records. Now I was going to say, I think, I think some of those records uh, from, that were some of those names you just mentioned are, are now uh, changed or are changing if they haven't changed already. But, uh, yeah, so you had a heck of a season, you know, to get, get put your name up there with, with some of those other names that you mentioned. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I know um, your quarterback coach, uh, Mr. Palm, Gave you a uh, football yeah. with a list of uh, what every touchdown was it? You yeah, it every touchdown and uh, the yardage of it. The, uh, our teacher here actually painted it for me. Oh, uh, awesome. That's awesome. And, and he surprised me with it. One day I came out after school and he's like, hey, can you meet me? And I was like, yeah, and he just gave me the football and I was totally surprised. Okay, now I, you know, I don't want you to have to throw anyone under the bus or you know, take the ball. If someone gets mad about this question, you cannot answer it, but they can't hear us anyways. Who is your favorite person to throw to? Probably Jake Gaiman. Jake Gaiman is probably. probably a good thing he's back next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I asked the same thing with Derby. Uh, you had an understudy in Jake Klein. Is he going to take over for you? Is he the next? Um, going to go Jake to Jake? It, 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 there's a competition between him and uh, Colin Power. Okay. Uh, so, we'll see over the summer, I guess, who, who works the hardest and uh, who can step up. Any chance of any of the real young guns, any of the, the 2B sophomores? I know you had, um, was it Grayson or something? Yeah, Grayson. Klein There's a couple there. young guys. Do you see any potential in them making it like a three-way battle? Um, unless if they work really, really hard and prove themselves, but I, I don't think so. It's generally, the Coach Dom says this throughout the year, it, this is a senior-run football team. You work your way up, you work your butt off, you learn the system, then it's your time to shine. We saw that this year they chronicled uh, Connor Ritter and Connor Howe. You know how that they just you know worked their way up and they got started. That's kind of what you're saying. The quarterback position tends to be if if you have this rotation, you have one in each class. The guy just kind of stepped up. That's what you did. Timochenko leaves. You're the senior. You step up and look what you were able to do. So you take Klein probably is the guy to fight with Colin Powers. Both will be seniors next. Year. Yep, they're going to be seniors. So hey, uh, competition. That's good. That can that can breed you know success. You know, when you got guys fighting, you know, no one thinks it's going to be handed to them. That, that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, just watching some of those where he threw it up there. <laughs> All right. Now, what kind of plans do you guys have, to have after graduation here? You have just a few months left at Wilson. Are you both going to be going on to college? Are either of you going to be playing football? Uh, um, I think I decided that I'm going to be attending Penn State uh, University, and uh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be uh, playing football in college. Because, I don't know. I'm just going to explore my options as a student. I mean, I'm definitely going to try to get involved with some kind of, uh, I don't know, sports. I don't know if it's club, lacrosse, or anything like that. But we'll see how it goes. Okay. Awesome. 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 What about you? Uh, I'm looking between schools right now for Weiner and Albright to try to play lacrosse. Lacrosse. And if I don't go there, Westchester, just to go to school and like Derby, explore, 
Do you have uh, you guys? Are you guys settled on any kind of majors? You know what you want to study moving on to college? Um, for me, I think I'm gonna study business marketing. That's what I'm gonna try to major. Okay. I'm gonna uh, major in finance. Oh, awesome! Great. Now, Zerby, uh, you mentioned Penn State. Did you take the family out of it, or is this your your choice? Did you know you're growing up that's where you wanted to go, or did your brother uh, go in there? Did, you know. Is this all you, or you're like, I had some people kind of in my ear saying, this is probably somewhere you'd like to go? Uh, I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a strong influence. I mean, I've had uh, my brother, my dad, four cousins, my <laughs> aunt works at Penn State Burke. Uh, but yeah, so there's a strong influence of Penn State. When I was growing up, I just, every time I envisioned myself in college, I, I envisioned, envisioned myself there. So I just, it was hard to turn away. You know, it's just a, it's a great college with uh, education and everything, so I'm happy. To yeah, having four years of experience there myself, I don't fault you in any capacity uh, wanting to go there. Yeah, he understands. <laughs> I completely understand because if someone gave me the money to do it again, I would more than do it yeah. again uh, for, for many reasons. Um, you know, what, what was it like having someone on the football team? Like you're you're going to see your brother play there. Oh, I mean, it was awesome. It was incredible. I mean, I was just super happy for him because I know that was always his dream growing up to play there, and uh, he actually got a, got a shot and ended up, you know, starting and becoming a captain. Uh, I'm just really proud of uh, everything he did there. Last season, when when he led the way uh, for the touchdown in overtime against Michigan. Uh, Joey and I just watched that highlight of him like just steamrolling the guy you know, over and over again. We watched it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and uh, like I think that was one of like the reactions because um, I was you were I was up the there game. with my wife. Yeah, I was up there with my wife and I was screaming and I was screaming the whole time <laughs> when when I see him. You know, I see 35 check into the game. I'm like, we got this. I was like, Derby's in the game. We got this. They went for it on fourth down. I'm like, we got this. Derby's in the game. We're fine. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was that was definitely a special moment. I was at that game. Thank you guys for joining us. It was a privilege to have you guys on, talk son, talk football and uh, what you guys are gonna do in the future. Have fun the rest of this evening and good luck the next few months as you finish your high school career. Yeah, thanks for coming on guys. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, thanks for having us. All right, so that was Wilson quarterback Jake Templin and Wilson uh, linebacker and offensive lineman Chris Derby. So we're going to finish up some stuff with them here, and then eventually we're going to have on another interview uh, with a second Four Diamonds family. The Buckley family will be joining us in a little bit. So before they do that, we'll get back to some sports talk, and we will dive into one of our best of series and that's going to be covering all-time quarterbacks which we love to talk it's something that we do often and uh we think it's time to revisit that and uh we're going to do that in just a few minutes here uh once thing gets underway um i think we've now been on the air over the over an hour so we're going to take a couple minute break here to get rehydrated and we'll be back to talk who are the best quarterbacks of all time in our opinion this is the joe mason jrf show live from wilson minicon 2015 we'll be back in just a few minutes Of our interviews for the, for the uh, evening. 
and those were with uh, a bunch of Wilson football players. We were joined by Nate Bent and uh, uh, Fort Island's family, uh, Seth and Mom Elizabeth. Then joining us after that were Austin Rosen and Noah Campbell. Followed up was Jake Templin and Chris Zerby. Now we're going to talk a little bit here, uh, just do some sports talk uh, with us. Just Justin and I for a, a few minutes here uh, before we move on and do another interview. We're supposed to be with uh, another Fort Iron family, uh, Buckley family, uh, probably in the next half hour or so. So, so Justin and I are going to talk a little bit of NFL action here. Uh, specifically, like I mentioned before, we took a little break. Uh, the best of series, all-time quarterback. And uh, we, we, we've done this before. We, we've uh, talked quarterbacks in NFL all the time. It's pretty much what we do August through February. And the, the quarterback discussion is always a good one. It's always a lot of debate going on about it. And especially when we're talking all-time, not just current, you know, the guys who are the best in the league right now, but all-time quarterbacks. There's always a huge debate as to, uh, you know, who's at the top. Even just doing this about a year and a half ago or so, uh, you know, I don't think we agreed on too many. We had a top five, I think, and then a couple just missing and honorable mentions and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know in the year, year and a half since we've done the show, my list has changed and changed a lot. Yeah, I I have to say my, my list, uh, I think, has changed too. Um I don't really. This is all. This is so tough. And you know, we we talked about that before. Um, you know, whether whether you base it off of off of stats or wins or Super Bowl wins or all kinds of stuff. Like, there's so many things to bring into like the the calculation. Let's say um, it's really tough. It's really tough to try and kind of figure out what exactly it is that. You know, or I shouldn't say all those things obviously factor, but trying to figure out how much you weigh each of those things it, uh, can be really tough. And some of the people, you know, have, have had their entire sorry, story, you know, for lack of a better, you know, word, their, their entire story or their case has been made and has been set for years. Right. And other people, it's still evolving. It's still changing, um, maybe better or worse. And, and so it's kind of interesting to see how that will affect kind of our, our uh, way we look at this here. Right. And uh, hopefully everyone can hear us. They're still learning the line dance down here. Again, we're live from the Wilson Gymnasium in West Palm, Pennsylvania. 2015 Wilson Minithon uh, benefiting a Four Diamonds Fund at uh, Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital. Uh, Justin and I were invited here to uh, talk, our, do our sports show live from the event. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, with a couple of Four Diamonds Fund families throughout the night. Uh, next up, hopefully in the next half hour, will be the Buckley family who have uh, unique ties with the Penn State men's ice hockey team. We'll talk about that. But before they join us, we're going to do our best of series, all-time quarterback. And I think maybe the best place to start is we'll do a top three this time around. Yeah, uh, so we'll start, start at our last position, number three. Um, I'll go first to give you some time to think about it, formulate your opinion. Okay. Um, my number three this time is actually who I think I had at number one previously. Again, it was a year, year and a half, I think, since we've done this. But my number three this time around is actually Brett Favre. Uh, he was my number one before looking and at I it. I know that killed you. It, it did kill me. It, it hurt a lot. It, it was painful because... For the longest time, I always maintained that I really thought from, you know, a, a physical specimen and statistics, I really thought that Dan Marino was the greatest quarterback of all time. 
you know, I'm always open for opinions and debate and things to go over. Uh, you know, and I, I opened it up, you know, looked at more statistics, examined some film. He, it, the one thing that maybe puts him over the top, and, you know, I'm not one to harp on this, but he did get a Super Bowl. Marino got the one, didn't win it. He got the, Favre got the two, only won one. But he had, maybe if I'm going to look at it and say they're, they're different style quarterbacks, both put up incredible numbers, long careers. If I have to do a tiebreaker, and we've said this in the past, maybe Super Bowl wins can be that tiebreaker. Unfortunately, Favre gets it over Marino. Um, so, obviously, Marino's not in my top three anymore. If Favre drops the three, I'm not going to jump Marino over him. So, that kills me even more because I dropped my man, Dan Marino, completely out of the, the top three. Now, maybe he'd be in the top five. We're going to talk a little bit about just missing the cut and honorable mention and things like that. Um, but my number three quarterback of all time is – Brett Favre, who it looks like will be officially recognized by the Packers this coming fall, uh, have his jersey number four retired uh, with the Green Bay Packers, where he spent the majority of his career, at least the dominant portion of his career, you know, started in Atlanta, traded to Green Bay, ended up with the Jets and Vikings, but he'll be the Packer for life. Yeah, and, you know, I, I am glad to see that they're going to honor him next year. Um, you know, I, I feel like since he's as he's being further removed from the whole will he play again, will he not play again stuff, you know, my like that that distaste for him from for me. I'm not saying like overall, but but for me, it's kind of going away. Um, it's hard to believe, and I almost forgot that you know he went to the Vikings, didn't he, at the yeah. very end? Yeah. And he played for the Jets, and like he went to the know, Jets first, right? And then right. He went to the Vikings, but I never was that I you know, underrated him as a player. I knew he was a very good player. Right. Um, I, I, I did at a time think he was overrated, but it was really more the mentality and off the field stuff that just bothered me. And for a while people thought I was like being contrarian, that it, it was just me and me only that saw this. And, you know, we've talked about this before on the show that if I don't like a sports personality, that's not a good sign for that. I was going to say, you you usually end up nailing it right on the head. And it, it may take years, but you usually do get it. I, I wasn't a Lance Armstrong fan. You weren't. I wasn't a Tiger Woods fan. This was before any of the stuff happened with any of these guys. Dude, it, it's okay, because no, we'll, we'll talk about those guys a different time. But anyway, as my third, I'm going to go Joe Montana as, as my third. I, I think I go back and forth, because sometimes I'm like, you know, he played – and an incredible, you know, with incredible players, you know, Hall of Famers all over the place there, uh, through the front office even, um, Hall of Famers. But, you know, part of me is like, you know what, maybe maybe the quarterback is part of that. Now, you, you look at, well, the guy that followed him made, made the Hall of Fame and all that stuff too. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that could be, like, a testament to just having two guys that, that you know, Happened to make the Hall of Fame. You know, I don't. Andrew Luck's a, a long way from that yet, but you could say that about Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. You know, they could have back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks there. Um, I know they're a long way. Peyton Manning could could quit today. Um, I don't think he's going to, although that's not up. That's still up in the air. Um, and, you know, and he's getting into the Hall of Fame in five years. But when we look at Joe Montana, I I think the I, I the more I look at it, the more and more I, I am impressed. It's, when you look at his overall stats, he he has great stats, but they're not they're not going to blow you away like some of the guys today. Um, but the game is so different from from the '80s as it is to now. So 
you know, that, that's something we have to take into account as well. But I, I'm going to go with Joe Montana, the four Super Bowls um, that, that the Niners got, you know, undefeated in the Super Bowl. Not that that's the deciding factor, because if it was, he'd, he'd be number one. Right, yeah. Um, but it, it is a factor, and I think it's something I can't completely, I can't ignore it either. Well, it's not the deciding factor to make him number one. Right. It's enough to get him on my list at number three. Yeah, right. The, the, um, it's interesting you mentioned it because if we're talking, if we had the time to do, you know, a top ten, Montana would be in my top ten. But I actually have him listed here um, under my honorable mentions. Uh, so I think he would be probably my ninth because I think actually to no, me personally, I, I think his career has been hyped up and overrated. Now number three is fine. You know we can get in a right, fight right. if we had more time and uh, you know a place that we could be a little less civil maybe um, and and had the the ability to jump into a lot of stats. We could go back and forth on Montana. I'd have him in my top ten, but not my top five. Definitely not my top three because I think the four Super Bowls elevate him too much. Oh, oh yeah, and see, and that's where because he went four and zero in the Super Bowl. That is what elevated him to my number right. three because I probably have him at I probably have him five or six. Ish, but four and zero in the Super Bowl, he's lost to me, and and so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bump him up to three, mostly because of that. I mean, obviously, we're, neither of us are gonna pick Terry Bradshaw in our list. He doesn't even wouldn't even make my top ten. He gets but, elevated because of four Super Bowls, but at least people see that he was in a good quarterback. But he but wasn't. Not he wasn't even level. like. You, you can argue that Joe Montana wasn't the best player on his team because Jerry Rice was there. I, I'll give you that. But you could make an argument that Terry Bradshaw wasn't the second or third best player on his team oh, yeah. any of the year. The funny thing is at the end of Joe Montana's career, he might not even be the best quarterback on his team. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was going to say, statistically speaking, now Super Bowls are a different story. Statistically speaking, Ben Roethlisberger has already had a better career than Terry Bradshaw did. Right. Now, yeah. Four, you know, four Super Bowl wins said something, you know, that you, that you can't, that you can't just write off, like I just said. But Terry Bradshaw is good because he was the quarterback for those teams. But I'm not putting him anywhere near Joe Montana. All right, before we I do, don't think you are either. Before but, we do our top point. two, I want to ask Greg about his opinion on this topic as well, and see who he can pull out of his head on uh, who he thinks are some of the greatest. He doesn't have to give us. A, a rundown on who his top three would be, unless he knows it off the top of his head. It's a hard, difficult thing to ask people. Is looking across the wide spectrum of the football world, we're talking best quarterbacks of all time. Who would be? You don't have to go in order if you don't want. We're doing top three. Who are the ones that come to your mind? Well, uh, it's, I'm not an NFL history buff. But um, the ones that really come to my mind currently, uh, it's really hard to ignore Tom Brady. As, as hard as that is to, to, to stomach and fathom, you know, and, and Bill Belichick does not help him out at all, you know, uh, with, with the likability at all. No, he just um, definitely does not. Uh, but you, you can't ignore what he's done and how, how good he still is. And it, I just find it amazing that the first two games happened this year and people wrote him off and said Belichick, Brady era is done. It's just writing on the wall for them and he won the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, you know, stat-wise, you just can't ignore everything he's done. And, uh, you know, for a long time, for, for you know, maybe even until this year, I would have said Peyton Manning definitely over Tom Brady, but 
I think the Super Bowl wins and the, and the, and the playoff wins definitely uh, kind of overtake him. Um, but uh, I, I, I consider those the one, too, and, and, you know, they're real close to each other. So you think we're actually seeing two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right now. Yeah. Which is kind of incredible. Yeah, it is. Say we're watching two that could be the best ever playing right now. It yeah. is. And uh, for, for number three, it's, it's real hard to say because, the, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm no history buff. I mean, the names the names come to mind, and you know, people would argue that that like uh, you know Joe Montana or like you know uh, you know Joe Namath. That you, you go back and you you list all these great Hall of Famers, and I didn't see them play. I mean, I saw Joe Montana play when I was like three and four, and, and you know, watching Steve Young take over for him, and I was really just getting into watching football then. So. Um, I, I, as far as stats go, you probably have to put Joe Montana up there. Um, so, I, I with, that, with being somewhat naive, besides you know the, the 2000s until now, I, I really really don't know who else to say besides him. Uh, you know, you know, you have uh, Dan Marino who had so many uh, stats and records, and um, John Elway had a great career too. Not not many people throw him into the mix of the greatest of all time, though. So, yeah, which, I, I honestly, I think you might have stolen uh, Justin Thunder because I think you might have picked his top three in order. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah. you actually bring up a, a great point. You know, you mentioned John Elway being in there. Uh, I honestly, I think he's definitely worthy of being in the conversation. To me personally, when I was doing this list, this revised list, I had him fifth. Okay, so my three was far. I went with Marino at fourth, and then Elway fifth, because um, he was an incredible physical specimen coming out. I know your mom does not like the saga that no, Elway brought no. to her, her team. Um, but when he got those two Super Bowl wins, that elevated him in a lot of people's minds to be in this, in this conversation, in this argument. I have him fifth um, in front of guys like Breeze, Parkinson, Young in Montana, and then actually Dan Faust, who actually would round up my top ten. Um, but So we did three and on. Let's move on to our top two. I'll let you go first with your number okay. two. My number two is going to be John Elway. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 I'm throwing a wrench in this for you now. throwing it in there. All right, so I'm going to throw John Elway in there. And, again, like you said, I think some of the things, you know, he got, he got blown out a couple times in Super Bowls early in his career. He compiled a lot of stats. Which compiling stats, you know, again, we talk about how much do you weigh different things. He had good years, and he had, you know, he played for some bad teams. You know, the whole Baltimore thing, like that. If I was a Baltimore fan, or even really like alive when when he did that, because um, I think that was the spring before I was born. I, I think I, I was he in the class of '83. I think you're right. Yeah, draft class. I think so. so. That was like right before I was born. So like. If I was around now, I probably that would be a bigger deal to me, especially with the family ties to Baltimore. But I don't really ever remember the Baltimore Colts. No, neither so do I. That doesn't really factor in for me. So because of that, like I'm, I, I ignore that. I look at it. I again, this is just personal stuff. Like the winning the two and then walking away. That's just that's incredible. Great, right? Like that's incredible. It's that's like the goal. It's the equivalent of the mic drop, and he and he did it on on the biggest stage in American sports, and maybe well, I, okay, in American sports, he did it on the biggest stage. 
basically won two Super Bowls, pinnacle of his career. You know, he did it with different schools, you know, all over the place, and then he walked away. That's awesome. I was, I was really excited. Yeah, you definitely threw a wrench into my, uh, my foreshadowing because I thought I knew your top three. So you definitely shocked me there with that. It's funny he brings up Elway. Uh, we talked about him. He's your number two. I did not know that, uh, which is really – really interesting because I know you got to leave one of my top two out. Yep. And I thought we were definitely set in stone that we knew who the top two were. We had this conversation. Maybe you're ready to not jump on. You're not ready to jump on the bandwagon quite yet. Um, but I'm actually going to go. Um, my number two hasn't changed, actually. He was my number two a year, year and a half ago when we did this. And my number two is uh, current Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning, who I expect to be back for another year. Um, yeah, we'll see I, I would what happened. So. Uh, but I think he comes back another year. I, I have him at number two, just like I did before. And I just think if you're looking at a pure pocket-passing quarterback, Peyton Manning is the epitome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Okay. Uh, Peyton Manning is the epitome of pocket-passing quarterback. He's got the statistics. He's got the mentality. He has the dedication. There's probably no, one, no better student of the game than Peyton Manning. Um, I said this a year, year and a half ago, that I really thought that he would possibly go down as the greatest quarterback of all time when he was finished. Now, he's having a difficult time of that because uh, there's someone else playing uh, up to his level, if not more. Um, And that uh, is a guy that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, So it's going to be hard, I think, for Manning to jump up and, and be the number one guy. I, I think it's going to be difficult um, unless he gets help from the team around him and, and finishes um, just like uh, Tom Brady did at the end of the last season. Yeah, you know, with, with the way things have gone the last the last couple of years, um, you know, it, it is it is tough to see if he if he's really going to move a whole lot more. Um, you know, I don't think how things are going now necessarily take away from what he's done, but I don't know really that he can add much more. To what he's done either you know what I mean like I think I think he's, he's reached a peak like the best is it, we've already seen it and I don't know um kind of that he'll be able to add to it so I, that's definitely definitely a strong point um you know and it is something I, I, I I've taken into consideration too whereas some of the other guys including at the top there um you know are still might have another year or so to add on to that so it is going to be interesting to see how that shuffling continues to play out over the next few years and then kind of as we remove ourselves from the situation a little bit, too. I think I can almost guarantee that for him to get to number one, he has to win a Super Bowl before he retires. I really think, at least to me, you know, right, right, this, right. Is all, this is all my opinion and uh, speculation, but I think that for him to finish to me as the best quarterback of all time, he needs another Super Bowl ring. I don't even think getting to another one is enough because he's been yeah, to three. Right, he's right. won one. I, you know, if, if you take if you take postseason completely out of it, if you take postseason out of it, just look at statistics in the regular season, um, I really think that Peyton Manning probably is the most successful quarterback of all time. Uh, but what, then when you look at the postseason, and this is what his detractors always pointed out, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm abandoning him and jumping on that bandwagon. I just think something happened this year that completely changed the game. Right. Um, I still, you know, obviously Peyton Manning being number two of all time, he's obviously, he should be a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, oh, yeah. not even close. Yeah. Um, just like the, all the, basically everyone we talked about in our top five, probably even top ten, should have been unanimous first team or first time 
selection in the Hall of Fame because they were that good. They meant that much to the position, that much to their team, that much to the NFL. But Peyton Manning stuck at number two, and I, he just can't get over this hump. Uh, you thought maybe last year was that opportunity, but he just wasn't able to do it. They, I mean, people on that team actually come out that they kind of thought that they had it in the bag, that they were essentially that they were going to be handed that game. Right. And that yeah. was a bad mentality to have against a team like the Seahawks. Yeah, and they pretty much – it was the exact opposite of that. They pretty much handed it to the Seahawks, and then they just – they weren't going to let go. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, you know, we, we talked you, – you had um, – you know, we, we talked about our number three. Uh, I think we've, we've settled in at our number twos now. Um, do you want to give your number one? Or do you want me to give? Yeah, I'll give my number one. Maybe it's not the same. Well, is your number one Peyton Manning? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, then why don't you go ahead and talk about your number one? Because I just did it. I'm going to go number one, uh, and that is Peyton Manning. And um, the reason I am going to go with that, I think, like you, I feel like he has done. And I'm not talking about teammates here. I feel like you know, from a skill set standpoint, he's done an incredible, incredible job um, being able to. take, you know, what what he was working with and, and, and be able to, to be so successful. So the level that he was able to achieve um, while he was, you know, working from, you know, he started on a terrible team. He was able to work them into an, uh, an a- annual contender, um, you know, for the Super Bowl. He leaves, they're terrible, right? He, he left, they were absolutely god-awful. Um, not, not when he left, when he couldn't play because of the injury. Um, and and to kind of talk about uh, the Tom Brady stuff here. Now, well, actually, I'll come back to that in a second because obviously he's glaring and I left them off. So do you want me to wait on that to talk about why I left them off and just no, talk strictly no. about Peyton go, Manning? Go right okay. ahead. So Peyton Manning, I'll just finish up here. Peyton Manning, regular season, I, a lot of people say he's the best regular season quarterback. You know, you could argue for other people and make strong arguments. To me, he is the best regular season quarterback, absolutely. He's not the best postseason quarterback. But to me, he's still good enough in the postseason. When I look at games like this year was tough, he, you know, it ends up, well, he had a torn muscle in his leg. And, you know, is that an excuse? Yeah, pretty much. You know, is it a good excuse to not, to not win? Well, you know, it didn't necessarily. Others overcame injuries and stuff. I understand that. But to me, what he did in the regular season is so far and above what other people have done. And he has had success in the postseason. I think a lot of the postseason success um, – isn't necessarily due to Tom Brady, but due to the system. And by system, I don't mean like offensive play calling or anything. I just mean like the system New England has in place. We talked about it on last week's show. New England as a team is the best prepared team you can possibly ever have every week. And that's not – like Tom Brady's not preparing the team. Tom Brady is preparing the offensive guys some. Like I, I'll give him that. Yeah. Also, I'll throw this out there, and I know you're going to be mad. Actually, you might not be mad. You'll, you'll probably get a kick out of it. I know some people will be mad. Hey, you know, I, I'll be willing to put Tom Brady in my top three when when people put Barry Bonds as the best home run hitter of all time. Like, <laughs> all right. That, that's probably a bit extreme. But don't get me wrong. Like, Has he had success in the playoffs? Yes. Has he played for a coach that is a known cheater over and over again? Yes. I'm not saying that that's the reason they won, because it's not necessarily you know how how it played out, you know. But I don't think they necessarily won because of cheating. But I don't think they necessarily won their game because of Tom Brady either. 
Um, so you look at every one of every one of their when they've won the Super Bowl, I, I feel like it's come down to their defense has won it for them. Now you could say that about probably every team ever that won the Super Bowl. But the teams in the mid two thousands were a great defensive team. And the team this year was better defensively than a lot of people thought and made a defensive play to win the Super Bowl. Like offensively, Tom Brady, I know he won MVP. And he had a he had a solid game. He had a, a good game. You know, and if you look at other Super Bowl statistics, it's one of the better Super Bowl games. But that's because if you throw out the first forty years because quarterback play now is nothing like it was for the first forty years. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, like so statistically that's that's just not gonna you know, you're not comparing the same thing. I understand any argument people make for Tom Brady being the best. Absolutely. And I honestly was flipping back and forth between do I have him first or is he off my list? And I'll be honest, you know how we talk about this. That may change tomorrow. But today, you know what? Today, for some reason, I'm keeping him off the list. That's perfectly fine. It's a little surprising. I don't know that it's rational. It's probably irrational, but that's the fun in sports. Yeah, I know we were talking about it, it seemed like you were thinking we were both thinking that he probably should be number one and then you threw, threw the boomerang at me. You're like, oh, here, you know, I'm, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, it comes back to me now. I'm going to change everything. Um, it's funny because, uh, you know, we both had Manning on our list, but that was it. You know, we only did a three, so it's hard to fit everyone in there. But I really thought that our one and two were going to be the same, maybe flip-flop, possibly. Um, so, I, I like your, 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 your opinion mentioning when you consider, can you consider Barry Bonds a home run king, you'll maybe consider Tom Brady the greatest of all time because I have two different thoughts on the, on the cheating related to each of them. And, you know, it could be maybe, you know, maybe they're related, maybe they're on the same team, maybe they're not. To me, I just see, and, and I'm completely in agreement when I think with you that I think the people that you share should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, because you'll never know for a fact, who did and who did Right. Barry Bonds, I, you know, I know honestly, I would be willing to bet that the same percentage, the same percentage of hitters that we're using are, is reflected in the pitchers, if not higher in the pitchers. You know? So, I think that, I think that, you know, that, that gets overlooked, and I think eventually they will. I don't know, because the Baseball Hall of Fame is so weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'd i like to think that someday they'll get in, and they, it just has to be addressed. Just call it for what it is. Listen, steroids are prevalent here. You know, these guys were – you can even put these guys were suspected. Like, I like I, I get that. I understand. But you know what? You know what was awesome TV? Watching Mark McGuire and Sam and those a belt home run after home run. It, it saved baseball. Completely. They, they saved baseball, and that, that era saved baseball. Whether baseball wants to admit that or not, I like I get it. it that's, that's weird for some people to admit. But someday they're gonna have to come to terms with that. That's okay. Like, you know, there's lots of not, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. Like I don't wanna get carried away with that. But at the same time I just wanna be clear, like there's a lot of a lot of people who have who've revived things by not necessarily doing like the most squeaky clean things, you know, and oh yeah, and while Mark McGuire and Simmons Sosa certainly aren't I think you can't overlook what they did for baseball. No, I, I agree with you. Um, and, and to me, I'm not saying Tom Brady would. And this is we get into this with Barry Bonds a lot. A lot of people say Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before the steroids because of the steals and right, 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 right. all that stuff. 
Well, Tom Brady, they made what suit for Super Bowl the, the cheating. And I'll call it that because I honestly believe that some of the things they did were cheating. But, you know, do they win four Super Bowls without that? Possibly. Did they did they cheat during the Super Bowl? I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't know. But that's the point. I can't say no. You know, like, to me, that's the, that's the point. Yeah, and that's fine. I, I just... And I can't disagree with it. Like that aside, it's hard to argue that he's not the best. I, I, I feel like um, you know, and this could be completely—I don't want to say hypocritical, but maybe I'm I'm comparing apples to oranges, or I'm not linking things together correctly. But to me, steroids and Barry Bonds—he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Give him the record five, but I but want you'll to, never consider him the greatest home run hitter. Right? Yeah, I guess no, that's I get that. I, I, to me, at least in my head, and I know there's arguments that someone, a close friend of ours, our basketball analyst Adam Fowler talks all the time about it's not just strength to hit on runs. You need the hand-eye coordination. You know, you have to have that innate ability to do things like that. And I understand that argument for just, but I feel like I wish I had the study to link to it, like how much you know, beefing up your 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 muscle mass by this amount. Related to oh. this much more distance, right. you know, how many home runs would have been? That's what I associate with right. Barry Bonds. Well, and and you look at and you look at things like you know recovery. When when you're able right. to play so much yep. as, as an old guy, you know, like you're not supposed to get home runs as a late thirty year old. Like and again, there's all there's been speculation just because of the era he played in. But if you look at his body, Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. was incredible. He had forty home runs the year of the strike before like this the All Star. Like he. He had an incredible year going, and the strike kind of ruined it, you know. But his body wore down. He couldn't keep it up, you know. So that's, that's the natural progression that a lot of people thought you would see with, with players. And then all of a sudden, there was this, you know, a couple decades span where you didn't see that. Where they were like, what's going on? I guess what I'm trying to say with, you know, the cheating stuff that you bring up with Barry Bonds related to the Patriots and Tom Brady's legacy, when I look at it, I think there is, there, to me, there isn't really a correlation in the cheating and the winning. Because I looked at two weeks ago on the show with Zach, when we were doing our Super Bowl preview, right. we looked at the wins, wins and championships and things like that. The only difference, you know, is that you could say, well, during the Spygate era, they won Super Bowls, whereas outside of Spygate until this year, they had. But then this year, you had the deflated football stuff. But right. that's irrelevant to. Super Bowl because that obviously didn't happen in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but what if they don't make the Super Bowl? Okay, I know, and that's exactly what you can throw right. back. That's fine. But what what I think is that the, the, the football cheating stuff was cheating in regards that it was against the rules. You shouldn't do it, but I had, think it had very little outcome on the actual game, where to me... Well, the, the game they got caught. Right. <laughs> Peyton Manning, when he got injured, the Colts were the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. 
when Tom Brady got injured, right. they were the best team to not make the playoffs in the last 20, yeah. 30 years. I know, and it's one of those things that I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't either. Now, part of me, like, if Belichick is the greatest coach of, like, this era, because that like, lessened Brady's legacy. Right. And I know. I, I, trust me, I I've know, gone I over that. I've gone over that. Right. I don't know the answer, I don't know the answer to that I think either. it's definitely something that, again, comes into consideration. But it's not necessarily something that I, I don't know what to do with that information. Yeah. I, no, I completely agree because I, I thought of that back in uh, 2008 when, when Brady tore his ACL in the first game and missed the year. Patriots went 11 and five with Matt Castle, missed the playoffs. I, I thought I was like, this hurts Brady's legacy. And now this is at the time that they they hadn't made the 2011 Super Bowl, they hadn't made the Super Bowl, and won this Super Bowl, obviously. Um, but I, uh, I, you know, I just I, I felt a hard time. Saying that, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why I chose to overlook it this time. I guess uh, it's so hard to say. It's one of those, you know, chicken or the egg scenarios where right. is Belichick a great coach because of Brady? Is Brady he wasn't a that great, great coach? before he was right. great. Exactly. That's what you point out. You're like, well, he was terrible with Cleveland. But he's yeah. also proven since Brady that he's been good. Right. I, I think. And well, I don't know. I don't know that we'll get for, a long look after. Well, I don't think we're going to get time. any look. I was going to say maybe when Brady retires, we'll see what Belichick's able to do with Garoppolo or whatever. But they might go out together. I don't know. That's what I'm just what I'm thinking. So, and I think that's what adds so much intrigue to this debate. You can go on back and forth forever because there's so many things. And, and, you know, I, I hate to say this is a fact, but to me, Tom, if you can have this conversation, I don't care if you don't want to put him at one. I don't care if you don't want to put him at three. Because a year, year and a half ago when we did this, we didn't have him in the top five. Right. Now, we right. said he'd get there. We right. were like, this is pretty much a guarantee. He was top ten, I think. I'm pretty sure he was top oh, ten. Yeah. Where I think I had him like six or seven. I think you were right around that. Maybe you had him top five. I don't remember. I don't. He was close if he was. But we like, he will get there. With this Super Bowl and this year, year and a half that he's had since then, he's easily top five. I think it's really hard unless you're, um, you know, complete Patriots hater in every regard, which usually we're classified in. Which I am, but I can't deny that. Like, you, yeah. you got to take your your fandom and prejudices aside and look at it as a whole. You'd have to be insane to think that Tom Brady isn't one of the greatest five quarterbacks of all time. And and he is. And and like I mentioned when with mine, even though I had Peyton listed, I. I think the only way Peyton changes, in my eyes, is if, and I know I have him at one, but, like, he, he's not, even if he goes out and has a poor year next year and then hangs it up, or even if he hangs it up now, like, I, which I don't think is going to happen, but, like, he's not going to necessarily, like, negate the stuff he did before. And if I put him at one with one Super Bowl win, you know, the second isn't going to make him above one for me, you know, like, but I, I just think it's, it's kind of, I don't really know. I don't know what Tom Brady could, could do in my eyes either, because it, again, and I don't know. I go back and forth on this, you know, on a daily basis. Like we we talk about it. Like I said, we had that conversation. I said right. I don't know how you don't consider him maybe the best of all time. Now. Right. But at the same time, you know, when I was looking at it, I'm just like I don't know how I can say for sure that because again, how how do how legitimate is are his are his wins and his record, not just from the other things, but from well, they did it with Matt Castle, who was proven to be god awful after yeah. he left. 
I mean, he really, you know, really like, didn't do anything in Kansas City. That was a terrible experiment. And, and Ryan Mallett, who was the backup there and looked good as the backup, then goes somewhere else and it, it isn't anything special. Yeah. I, he didn't so get it far. right so far. Like I just, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of when the dust settles on all the other stuff. Um, you, you know, what, when you look at the things, the Flakegate, obviously, I like to bring those things up when I'm making that point. But I, I'm with you. I don't know. You're just being a contrarian know. when it comes to that. Right. You're just trying because to stick a needle into right. some of our listeners. If it was the Eagles, I would ignore it. And, like well, any good fan. Right. You know, when we talk about Eagles quarterbacks and Super Bowl wins, you know, that, that's a pretty short conversation. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I admit that. I admit it it that. sounds like this. This is background noise. Yeah. So, but, anyway, it, it, is, it is one of those things, um, you know, I, I am kind of amazed that Tom Brady has been able to just kind of keep going. Um, you know, and, and some of the guys he's made stars, like Gronkowski, don't get me wrong, he has the skill set and, and everything to be a star no matter where he is, but I, I don't think he's the same guy if he if he wasn't taken in New England. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think he's a big guy. He's probably stuck on the line a lot, you know. Um, he kind of, a lot of guys when they end up in New England, I think are really thankful that they end up there. Yeah, in the beginning of their career, and late in their career, you know, a lot of sometimes the guys don't. I shouldn't say in the middle, because a lot of guys go back there at the end. But in the middle, I think guys are frustrated when they, when they want to get paid. But at the same time, uh, when they're looking for those rings and those chances for the rings, that's where they want to go. Yeah, I did just see an ESPN notification that um, Peyton Manning has assured uh, the Broncos that he is physically and mentally ready to play in 2015. So I know he had a meeting today. Peyton Manning is definitely coming back for 2015. This probably is his last shot. That's my guess. Yeah. I think physically and mentally he's done. I think this is he'll give it one more go with a new coach. I think uh this is this is his last shot. So we'll see what happens uh it with that. Just, just to throw it out there, I know he's one and two in Super Bowls right now. If he was to have a great comeback year next year and win it, win the Super Bowl, win the whole thing. Like does he have a chance at two and two to pass Tom Brady at four and two overall? I think it would have to be. I, I, I think there's a chance. I don't well, know I that think there's happens. absolutely an outside chance. I think there absolutely was an outside chance chance to do it. Um, um, I feel like he'd have to have just an outstanding regular season followed up with an a season almost like Flacco had two years ago in the playoffs, like one of those playoff like runs. Not, not where. They're winning, you know, because they're a great team. But they're they're winning because like he's playing great, you know, and making big right, plays. Right. Yeah. At basically, big time. Manning puts the team on his back. He wills them to victory. I think that's what would help him do it. If he does it throughout the postseason, wins the Super Bowl, gets another MVP. I think you can definitely talk about him being with Brady at one. And it is incredible, you know, that Greg brought up. You know, is it biased that it's the guys we're watching right now? I'm sure people from the 60s and 70s would say that it is. But like right. you mentioned, it's, the playing quarterback then is not like playing it is nowadays. I know people will say, oh, well, the statistics are so much higher because there's so much passing going on. But there's so much more demand in the position. You know, you know who's the one, I mean, I'll say, old-time quarterback that I would throw in that probably would still be possibly in my top five? And this is just from the way other people talk. I think Johnny United is, is a special quarterback when it comes to um, what he was able to do and how long he was able to do it and just 
I think, you know, I know a lot of the, uh, you know, people who watch football back then wouldn't want to hear it. Because, yeah, they protect the quarterback now more than ever. Like, I get that. But you know what? They ask more of quarterbacks now than they ever have before either. You know, you know uh, Terry Bradshaw wasn't asked to put the ball, you know, on the dime, you know, 40 yards downfield probably more than once a season. Right now. And now it's, it's weekly. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 while they're protected more, it's definitely, it's definitely a little, it's a completely different game. So anyway, it's a fun topic. I'm sure we'll touch on it again, um, you know, at some point in the future. Uh, to recap, I had Montana, Elway, Manning. Um, I mean, but I don't do, we want to do our just left out. I mean, yeah, well, actually, I was going to throw you and put you on the spot. Yeah, I didn't know how much you were thinking about it. If, uh, it, it, you know, if you were, you know, looking at five, ten guys. But yeah, so your your three, two, one was Montana, L.A., Manning. Uh, my three, two, one was Favre, Manning, Brady. And I actually already mentioned when we talked with Greg about his who mine were. So I'll go in order here: one to ten, Brady, Manning, Favre, Marino, L.A., Breeze, Tarkenton, Young, Montana, and Fouts is my top ten. And I, I, you know, when we get down there, obviously we're going to have some more, I, I say disagreements. I just mean the ones where we're not matching up. Um, I don't know that I can go one through ten off top, but I would probably go after my third. So I would go um, Manning and then Elway, then Montana. I'd probably go um, Marino, then Farr, then Brady. Um and I honestly don't know where I would go then. Um, I'm interested to see Drew Brees, how, how things play out. Does he have a year or two left in him? Or was this year kind of how the Saints were, you know, kind of the, you know, the end of the line there? And, and we'll see that continue to, to derail next year. I'm really interested to see how that kind of plays out. Because I mentioned last week, you know, when we were talking about our, our uh, preview picks, our prediction picks before last season, I kind of thought that, you know, the Saints would turn around, kept thinking they'd turn around, kept thinking they'd turn around, they never did. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought that was through Breeze, too, especially. Now, he put up some big numbers, but they were down a lot. And then, and at the end of the season, there were a bunch of games where he put up horrible numbers, yeah, sure even when that. they were down a lot. Yep. So, I, I don't really know what to make of that. It'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. I think you're at about seven, seven or so. So, if I, if I had Benitez, would he be in there? I'll put him next. Right. I'll put him next, and then um, I put I said Marino, right? Yeah, I said, you did. Okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't leaving. Him. I don't think I'd you said go, Young. I'd probably go Young and Breeze to okay. finish out my top ten. Now, I'm going to maybe pop your bubble here and put That's you on right. the spot hardcore because we just kind of had a conversation that you had to be idiotic to keep Tom Brady out of your top five, and you had him six. I know. <laughs> This is what happens when I pull them off the top of my head. Well, I'm an idiot. Okay. So you're going to admit that you're an idiot, not that you want to reshuffle. So Brady is your well, six. You have him behind. Um, in addition to it going, um, what, Manning, Elway, Montana, that, you went that, Marino, Favre, then Brady. That asterisk is just weighing him down. Weighing him down. Too big to overcome in your mind. Wow. That's incredible. So um, it's about 8 o'clock here at Minithon. Uh, we're awaiting our next guest, uh, probably our, uh, our, possibly our last guest of the evening, depending on how things work out. 
Um, we're entering the final hour of our first show from Wilson's Minicon 2015 uh, at Wilson High School in Westland, Pennsylvania. Uh, this is Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, uh, episode 164. Um, it's been a whirlwind evening so far. We had a great first hour, a bunch of interviews. We were joined by uh, Seth and his mom, which is kind of kind of awesome. How I know the interviews went probably a little longer than we thought, but like the ability to just go from boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, right boom. in a row, it worked yeah. out really well. It was a lot of fun, um, and we'd love to uh, get a couple of more here in the final hour of the show. I think before we do that, Justin and I are going to take a couple minute break to rehydrate, maybe maybe grab some food. And hopefully we'll have with you in the final hour the uh, Buckley family as well as uh, Minithon student overall uh, in charge of this. Uh, from a student standpoint, uh, Ian Roth, who actually is uh, an, an incredible, uh, diverse person, uh, athlete, philanthropist, uh, musician. He, he does it all. So hopefully we'll be able to talk to him before time is up. Um, again, this is the Joe Mason JRAF show live from uh, Wilson Minicon 2015. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
welcome back to Wilson Minithon 2015. Uh, this is the Joe Mason JRF show live from the uh, gymnasium at Wilson High School in Westmont, Pennsylvania. Dustin and we'll be back here in just a few minutes. Uh, we're getting ready for the last part of our show here. Uh, we're going on until 9 o'clock this evening. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking with uh, the Busley family in just a few minutes. Their video just ended. They'll be talking to the crowd here at Minicon shortly. And then they are set to join us after that. And then to finish the show, we'll sit down with 2015 student overall chairperson Ian Roth, who will be joining us as well. So uh, we're having a, a great time here at, at Wilson Minithon. I think um, we'll, I'll go back to what we started with at the beginning of the show uh, at 7 o'clock, or excuse me, at 6 o'clock when we started airing. Uh, we talked about what was Thon for Diamonds. And what's that all about? Just to kind of give you a history and an overview of this event. You probably see if you're watching on Ustream at home uh, a a, uh, a little thing that's bouncing around the screen that has the, the bulldog that says Minithon and please donate. If you click that, you can donate to Wilson Minithon and uh, help increase their total of their fundraising this year. Uh, last year, they raised over $23,000. Their goal was 10000 This year, their goal was 50000 and they were pretty close to, if not past halfway, Justin, online donations uh, themselves. So uh, I'm going to quick give you, give the overview that I started with. Um, and we're going to be sitting down here with the, the Buckley family in a few minutes. Um, but so, okay, what is this event? What are we doing here? What's going on? What's being run by the students here at, at, at Wilson High School uh, in West Lawn? Well, this is a part of what is known as SON. It's part of the Penn State Dance Marathon. SON um, is a shortened name for the event. Uh, it was started in 1973 by members of the Greek community at Penn State. It's just a way to give back. Um, it grew from a simple dance competition to a 46-hour community party, which is what it's like now. The main event for 2015 actually is next weekend in State College. It's one of the most incredible events you could ever possibly be a part of to witness uh, if you're if you're in Pennsylvania or tri-state area or something, and you ever have an opportunity to visit Penn State on Thon weekend, I definitely definitely encourage you to do so because it's one of the um, the greatest things you could possibly um, witness. And I can't even begin to describe it. I've been to a number of them. Probably I think I've been to five six uh, Thons uh, in my lifetime. Four years as a Penn State student. Um, fully involved in the uh, organization for three years. Uh, it's just an absolutely incredible event. Uh, so if you have a part, uh, if ever get the opportunity to visit State College on Fallon Weekend, please do so. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible uh, thing to see and witness and be a part of. Um, it, it takes or 15,000 Penn State students are part of the event every single year. They help so much, whether it's fundraising, setting up for the event, working with the families of the Fort Iron Foundation, whatever it is, uh, there they are 15,000 Penn State students. It's the largest student-run philanthropy in the world. The 2014 uh, main event announced that the annual fundraising total raised $13 billion for the 2014 Dance Marathon, which was a year ago. Again, we're one week out from the 2015 main event. Uh, in State College next weekend. Uh, so they're looking to uh, match and, as always, break their fundraising total from a year ago. Again, $13.3 million raised by Penn State students' uh, dance marathon. 
and all that money goes to the Four Diamonds Fund, and it has been that way since 1977. Uh, in the nearly 40 years that Penn State Dance Marathon has been associated with the Four Diamonds Fund, they've contributed over $110 million, uh, just mind-boggling amount of money that that's gone to. Um, Routinely, uh, Penn State Dance Marathon advisors will get together with the Four Diamonds Fund and, and make pledges. Of, we'll give you this much money on the, over a certain amount of period. And routinely, the Penn State students at the Dance Marathon are able to uh, break through what they even expected to do. Sometimes they'll be given five or ten years to do something, and they'll do it in two or three. It's absolutely incredible. So the Four Diamonds Fund, you've heard me mention it. I've talked about it a bunch. Uh, it's part of a Penn State Hershey, specifically now the Children's Hospital. Uh, you can visit them at fourdiamonds.org and also visit Thon at thon.org. And the Four Diamonds Fund mission is, as quote, to conquer childhood cancer by assisting children treated at Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital and their families through superior care, comprehensive support, and innovative research. Now, uh, they've supported... They support about 600 children and their families every single year. And since 1972, the Four Diamonds has helped more than 3,500 children and families. And what, what kind of support do they give? Well, the fund supports pediatric cancer research at the Hershey Children's Hospital, but also goes to assist 100% of the childhood cancer patients treated at Penn State. The, the, the fund has never turned anyone away. Every, everyone that's come to them and has been uh, a part of Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital or Hershey Medical Center, um, they're, they're for pediatric cancer. The Four Diamond Fund has been there to support 100%. Uh, it, it, you know, a lot of the times when we talk, it, it's always interesting to come up with a catchy name. There, there's something that's just associated with people can say, oh, you know, that's What's the name of that again? Well, why is the name that? Uh, Fort Ivan's Fund is no different. It, it, you know, it's catchy. I've heard about it you know, for over a decade. It's interesting, but a lot of times people don't know why is it called the Fort Ivan's Fund. You know, why is it just a pediatric cancer researcher or a pediatric cancer fund, a child, like childhood cancer, you know, something uh, like that that maybe would, would put it out there in the name alone. Well, the name goes back to the founders. Um, it actually originated with the founder's son uh, by the name of Christopher Millard. Uh, he wrote a story in the late 1970s, or excuse me, the early 1970s. Uh, it was a fantasy story. It was a school project uh, that Christopher Millard partook in, and he wrote a, uh, a fantasy uh, novel about Sir Millard, who was a knight, and he was searching for four diamonds, and the four diamonds represented courage, wisdom, honesty, and strength. And uh, those four virtues um, are the traits that Christopher thought would help him overcome cancer. And in the, the story, Sir Millard, if you possess them, he was able to get rid of uh, the grip that an evil sorceress had over him. So courage, wisdom, honesty, strength, those are the four diamonds that Christopher Millard set forth in his story. Those are what he was always looking to obtain. Uh, those are the virtues that he felt he needed to overcome his battle with cancer. Uh, unfortunately, tragically, as happens far too often, and what we're trying to combat here now, um, Christopher passed away at the age of 14, and his parents started the Four Diamonds Fund uh, after he passed away. So uh, that's what it is. That was, that's what it's all about. Again, thon.org and fourdiamonds.org to learn more about uh, fighting pediatric cancer, contributing to research, and helping Penn State students, Fort Diamond Fund, kids and families fight pediatric cancer. That's what we're doing here this evening. Uh, 
Uh, and where are we this evening? That would be at Minithon. Minithon is a small-scale down version, high school version of the Penn State Dance Marathon. Uh, they started in the mid-90s as a way to get the high schools involved in their community, uh, but participation has, in particular, skyrocketed over the last 10 years. They're up to over 130 schools now with over 25,000 high school students contributing to Minithon uh, in Pennsylvania and surrounding states. Uh, during last year, the 2013-2014 academic year, Minithon contributed over $3.1 million to the Four Diamonds Fund. Uh, Wilson joined the parade last year, having their first Minithon in March 2014. They were able to raise $23,528.73, a great first year total, as their goal was $10,000. So they more than doubled what they uh, expected to get last year. So a great first year event for uh, Wilson High School. So they're back again this year uh, with year number two of their mini-thon. That's where we are right now. And they've set a goal for 2015 at $50,000 now. On their online donations alone, I know they've got to over 25000 but I don't think that includes any other contributions at all that they've solicited, including the events here at the door to gain access to the Creative Carnival and whatnot. Uh, so there's a lot more money to be counted, and we'll be on the air live tomorrow uh, to uh, be here when they debut the total that they were ra- able to raise for THON 2015 for uh, Minithon at Wilson High School. Um, again, if you're watching us on Ustream, I have a, a little thing on the page where you can click on the link and donate to contribute to Wilson's Minithon. Uh, we encourage you to do so. You know, every bit counts. If any, any money you can spare, absolutely contribute in some way. Again, you can click on that link that you're watching on Ustream to help out Wilson's Minithon and contribute to the Four Diamonds Fund Conquering Childhood Cancer. Okay, that, that's, that's the recap. That's why we're here. That's what we're about. Uh, we're going to be joined here in a few minutes by the Buckley family and then by uh, Thon overall, Mini Thon overall, uh, Ian Roth. So, um, what, what's the atmosphere like, Justin? I, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, I took, took a stroll around there during, during the break uh, before I was able to get back uh, on back and, and, and on the air with you. Um, you know, I, I know a number of the people who were here last year mentioned how they're just so excited to see how things have taken off, and there's such a, a good crowd here. Um, the energy, you know, is good, which is good because we've got a long way to go. Um, you know, um, especially the people down there, especially the people who are down there dancing away, um, you know, and, and seeing how, um, you know, they've got the long haul, you know, the, the countdown uh, ticker is, is not too far off from us. It's off to the side, and, um, you know, it's counting down the, the hours and minutes that they have left, um, and yet, no one seems to be, you know, deterred by that at all. Uh, they're still going strong and having a good time. Uh, lots of lots of fun being had down on the floor. Uh, lots of people are around at the um, raffle, at the, you know, fun house, at the far end of the gym. Uh, the concession stands are pumping out food as fast as they can. You know, all these things that are going to add money towards, um, you know, reaching that goal of $50,000, that lofty goal of $50,000. Um, but again, you know, setting those high goals, I know... Um, one of the things uh, Joey mentioned earlier, um, you know, a lot of the background info, but uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was just how, how awesome it is that the students, um, you know, were able to kind of put this together. They do have help from a couple of the teachers who kind of help, of course, you know, oversee some of the things and help direct them uh, where they need um, to get 
you know, help for certain things. But uh, much like much like signing up at Penn State, this is a, this is a student-run um, um, fundraiser and you know event, and it, it is amazing to see when you put a few hundred uh, kids together to see what they're able to pull off. This is, this is pretty amazing. And like I said, the night's still early. Um, we're going to be going all night long, but we. We won't be on the air all night long, but there's plenty of people who will uh, keep the energy up all night, and we will join you again tomorrow morning. Yeah, the, uh, the, the dancers that they have here for Mini Don um, will be going for the full 12 hours, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., uh, no sitting down, no sleeping, staying up, having a good time, uh, hanging out with the Fort Ironsman family, just really, really connecting with the community, uh, and we're really excited about that. There were up to over 300 dancers this year. Last year they had about 120, so they more than doubled the amount of dancers that they have at the event, which is great to see. We love to see the event grow. That, that's what we want. We want more awareness. We want people to get involved, and, uh, and that's what we're doing in year two at Wilson Minithon. Um, but now we have a great honor of being joined by another guest here uh, with us. Earlier, you know, we talked to uh, Seth and his mom, Elizabeth. Uh, now we're going to get a chance to talk with uh, a member of the Buckley family. Uh, and uh, welcome to the show, uh, uh, Denny. We're, we're, we're pleased to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be here. Now, um, <clears throat> I, 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 I realized today when you uh, posted on Facebook that there was a milestone in, in your son's treatment today. Yes. I'm ecstatic to hear what happened today. Uh, it just, it's an incredible, incredible thing to get to this point. I was so very happy for you and your family and for Colton. It, it was, uh, for, for us, it was very surreal for me and his mom. Colton just kind of washed it off just like everything else he's been through for the last four years. Um, he, he had his port taken out today, which for a cancer patient, anybody who's going through stuff like that, you know that really means the official end of cancer treatment with the uh, chemotherapy phase and all that stuff. He's, he's been done with actual treatment since September, but they're confident enough now that they can remove the port. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's great to hear. It's just an incredible milestone. I was when I saw that you post that today for the event this weekend and then next weekend. Yeah. I said, what an incredible timing! Because so many people to share in the joy with you. Perfect timing, perfect coincidence. We didn't plan it out that way. It just happened to work. Hey, you know? hey, that's yeah. wonderful. Absolutely great. Um, so now I know. Um, this is the second year for Minithon. Were you at the Wilson event last year? Honestly, we weren't here. Uh, we were actually pretty disappointed. We missed it. Okay. Being that it was the first year and all, there was a lot of things that they didn't know about us. Yeah. We didn't know about them. Okay. And I found out about the Minithon about two days after it happened. Oh. And I, was, I was pretty upset we didn't get here. Every time I hear about a Minithon local, I try to at least get there and you know make an appearance and talk if they want me to talk yeah. or whatever they want me to do because it's such a great thing with more and more kids getting involved and realizing how, you know, important it is to get awareness out there. I'm always willing to talk to anybody anytime about pediatric cancer. Yeah, right before you sat down, I, I was going over some statistics and figures for um, Thon, Fort Diamond Fund, Mini Thon, that the website says that they're now up to 130 schools contributing to yeah. the Mini Thon program. Absolutely incredible. Now, you mentioned you've been to others, other yeah. Mini Thons. What other schools have you been to? Uh, we've been to Boyertown. We've been to Maya Missing. Um, there was one other one uh, out of the area, uh, Outerton, I think. Okay. Um, we've been invited to Stalkin Valley, but they're going to do one in a couple of weeks. We're supposed to go to their uh, Governor Mifflin. Okay. We did theirs. Um, it's just the, 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 the Burks kids seem to just find us and get us going to these places. And if we can get there, we get there. Yes. It's, you know, uh, as much as we can, we try to get to everyone we can. 
uh, it, it's, it's wonderful just to see this Wilson one, this, this local one for us, um, you know, continue to grow. Like I said, you know, double the number of dancers. They are they want to more than double the total that they raised last year. We'll find out tomorrow morning. Um, but they got uh, the, the main event next weekend uh, up at State College. Are you going to Thon 2015? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't, Wouldn't miss it. Wouldn't miss it. Now, is there an aspect of the event that Colton particularly looks forward to? Uh, Colton really loves the whole weekend, the whole thing, the whole being there with the kids down on the floor, shooting the kids with water guns, throwing uh, the beach balls around with the kids. He, he, I mean, they just, they noticed that he's a Don kid, and they embrace him so much, and he just loves it. He, he can't have enough. He always wants to go down on the floor. Dad, can we go back on the floor? Can we go back on the floor? He'll go to the Wish event, where he can hang out with, like, some of the sports teams, right, and he right. still wants to go back to the floor, which, you know, I, being a sports fan, I am, I want to go hang out with the sports <laughs> yeah, teams, right. you know? It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's understandable, absolutely. Now, you, you, you mentioned you're a sports fan. I know I love the hat you have on right now. Absolutely incredible. I'm sure it has a little bit to do with uh, the association that your family and, your, and Colton has with the Penn State hockey team. Yes. Now, you, uh, this will be your fourth song? Or, uh, yeah, yeah, fourth this will be fourth. Yeah. Um, have you been uh, connected with Penn State hockey the entire time? Yes. Okay. Uh, when they were still, it was their, the year before they became a Division One team, uh, they were still considered a club team. Right, right. Yep. And uh, we got hooked up with them that year. So okay. he was allowed to be exclusively their adopted Bond child. Well, when they became a Division One team, they went into the Student Athletic Advisory Board. So we're actually now adopted by the whole athletic organization. Okay. Okay. Um, but we still hang out with the hockey team. Right. They're right, the team right, right. at first. Right. I mean, we, we do a lot with the other teams, too, but those guys are like his brothers. I oh, mean, yeah. He, he goes up to Pagula and he runs around there like he owns the place. <laughs> he goes over, you know, everybody has to have a security badge to go up and down the elevator. Not Colton. Yeah, he just, they, they just, oh, Colton, come on. Go ahead. <laughs> come on down. What do you want to go down to the locker room? Okay, go ahead. Coach Gadowski comes down and grabs him after the game and takes him down to the locker room. Um, everybody involved with Penn State hockey has been so amazing to us. I, I can never ever express to anybody what they mean to us. I, I really, it, it's 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 more than I could ever even explain. I mean, the whole student body, uh, the the people, Steve Colton, just sometimes walking around, Thon even. Hey, you're the kid from the hockey team, right? <laughs> oh yeah, he signed hockey jerseys up there as you know, Thon Child, Colton Buckley. You know, uh, <laughs> we'll have autograph sessions after the games where the players are signing, and he'll just be standing there. And people come up and can you sign my jersey? Yeah, it's that's incredible. The, the whole, that's awesome. Everything. It's, we love it. It's, yes. Now you mentioned the locker room, and I actually have from the caring for Colton Tate, where you post some of those pictures. I pulled off that one where he actually they gave him a nameplate in the yes. locker room. Yep. He has his own locker. Did you know that was happening, or was no. that a surprise? That was a surprise. Well, what did you think? What, what did uh, Colton think when he walked in and saw it? He he just kind of. <laughs> it's funny because he just. He doesn't expect things. Right. He just kind of rolls with them, you know? I mean, he loved it. He loved the fact that he was included with them. But he had been in their locker so many times, even at the other place, you know, they kind of had a little area for him there, too. But nothing with his name played on. Or right, right, right. Now he has his own locker. He has a jersey hanging up there. And presently, the, I don't have any of the new pictures. 
but they have a jersey hanging in there with his name on. They have a pair of skates that he skates with when he's up there, hanging in there. Um, a couple of days, they have these mind bender games that they like to play with him. They stick them in there. Um, awesome. But yeah, he, he's, you know, they, they embrace him. He embraces them. It's, it's a two-way street. And I know you're incredibly close with all those guys on the Penn State hockey team. You mentioned Coach Kodowski, but is there a specific player or players that uh, you or Colton I just like really, really have a huge connection with, or maybe they go above and beyond what you expected, or is it just really an entire team mentality? There, there's a few that have been there since the beginning that are now they're they're actually getting into their junior years. Okay. Um, Tommy Olchek has been incredible. Luke Yuha, Nate Jensen, uh, PJ Musico, who just he he's actually he wasn't even on scholarship, and now he's become the starting goaltender the last couple of weeks. He got into the one game, and he's been hot, so they left him in. I think he actually started the game tonight, too. Um, they're, they're, the newer kids that get in as freshmen, they kind of they don't know what's going on yet. Right, right, they, yeah. There was a couple of the kids that, that came up, and we met them uh, for Colton's birthday at the uh, Akron football game. Okay, And okay. they actually had a big party for him out in the parking lot. And you could see the freshmen kind of like, all right, what the heck's going on? Who's this kid? You know what? After a while, now they're on board too. They come up after the games. They hang out with Colton, and uh, like I said, every single one of the kids on the team treats Colton like a little brother, that's and awesome. he treats them like older brothers. You know, that, that's that's so good to hear. And we we were talking, um, you know, uh, uh, Seth, you know, is in the district, and they he got to spend some time with the football team, this the Wilson football team, yeah, yeah this this uh, fall, and he. His, his mom and he were just talking how, how special that, that bond was and how cool that was. And then we had some of the football guys on and, like, getting to tell them. And, like, I don't think, you know, as I teach these kids, I said, sometimes it's hard to grasp when you're that, when you're on the other side of it, how much that means to, you know, the kids and, and the families and just, and to other people who are looking outside on this. It, it, but it's great to hear those stories. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad to hear it, and as a Penn State fan, it just makes me, you know, all even even more proud of, of all the work that goes yeah. into Son and all the, and all the things that that are, uh, you know, that so much work and effort it, go it's into. It's truly amazing. I I feel bad that I didn't know anything about Son until my son got sick. I I get embarrassed about it a little bit, and um, we say thank you to the guys every time after every game when they come and talk to Colton and stuff, and they actually say no, thank you. And I've actually had a lot of their parents come and thank me for allowing Colton to be around them and stuff. I'm like, no, thank you for raising such a good son, a good, you know, person. Uh, they've really been amazing. Yeah, so. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> um, now, before we let you go, Mr. Buck, I'm so pleased you were able to join us tonight. Well, thank you for having um, me. You know, we do, this is a sports show, and I know you're a huge sports fan. Now, you just kind of mentioned about you didn't know quite anything about Son until you got right. involved. You actually, you're not, um, your fandom isn't actually with Penn State. You're That's actually true. a Michigan fan. Am I that, correct? that is true. Oh, man. That is true. Now, okay. It, it, it's, all right. it's okay. We can live with that. that. We're, we're Chattahoochee fans. Yeah. We're Chattahoochee yeah. Michigan connection. I, I root for Michigan. I cannot root against Penn State anymore. I can't. I, I, I said that to I, Justin. I, I said uh, for even Even my other friends that are Michigan fans, they, you know, when Michigan's playing Penn State football, Hockey, I, I cannot cheer against Penn State anymore. I, I just, it's not in me. Do I love the maize and blue? Yes, I do. I, I have a maize and blue room in my house. And, <laughs> but I also have a Penn State hockey room in my house now, too. So 
Uh, Penn State will always hold a special place in my heart, and and I can't ever ever root against Penn State ever again. It just, I can't. I think that's for what they've done for me. The, the sports fans like us and, and to those that are listening, I think I think that takes it that explains it at a level where people can understand. Like for for me to put a you know a maze a maze in, in blue room right. in my house, you know that, that would mean there's something special there. So I'm glad that they're able to to cross that bond. And I actually we were talking about this on our show last week. You know, Don is one of those things that helps bring schools together. And I know this is one where I think we could agree on most of the aspects when we talk Ohio State. You know, we're going to be on the same side there. However, I saw somebody posted, I believe, a Buckeye Don. They, they just started. Yeah, they have a Buckeye Right, and they just really? started. And, like, I was like, you know what? If, wow. if there's one thing I can be glad that they do, that would be the one thing. Anything else, I don't want to hear about I it. I, don't I want can't to talk even about say it. their name. <laughs> journey uh we had our first meeting in may of last school year um, you know we did a little debriefing from our last mini-thon um, our first mini-thon last year um this run through student government so um, we had our first meeting in may uh, and we had a couple summer meetings so it's been a long journey since last year in may and pretty much we've been doing fundraisers all year but um this is we've been planning this night ever since last school year, so it's a long journey. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I know there's a lot of people involved. I know you. I know you won't take all the credit. I know there's tons of people. Who are some of the other people involved that have meant so much to this cause? Oh, for all the captains, they just you know I'm very uh, we're very proud of like all the work that the students have really you know they've really taken this into account and really. Uh, Really taking time to do the research on the cause and uh, four diamonds. Kinjal Martha, their uh, representative, has been a huge help with us and getting all the merchandise and you know shooting emails back and forth. All the sponsorships, like uh, Sandstone Rental, um, gave us a bounce house for the night. I mean, it's just it's there's so many people you can thank. I mean, the football team in September when they did they helped us with the gold out, having the, the Woolrich family um, on the field. Like that was a huge. Um, 
more albums. Yeah, we, we talked at length with Seth and his mom about uh, what it was like to be associated with the gold out at the football game and hang out with the football team, and they just raved about that entire event that you guys were able to contribute uh, to their, um, you know, on-field presence and all, all the gold in the stands and on the field and, and the ability to be open with the football team. They really raved about that opportunity. And the football team really took it into their uh, – they really, I mean, just they really took the uh, they took it in. They took that night in and really realized, like at the assembly, uh, Coach Panalone from uh, Lebanon Valley College, the defensive coordinator, he came and spoke to our students, and I think they really saw that this is something special that we're doing. The whole school saw that this is something special we're doing. I'm really lucky that we had great ambassadors and the football team players um, that were able to, you know interact with Seth and Ethan the whole night. They signed a football for him. They gave him gloves. They, they went home with like a whole <laughs> care package of stuff from the football team, and that just made them feel like they were part of a many Don family. And that weekend, it definitely goes down as one of the big morale boosters for our many Don team. Um, and I think, uh, I, I know, you know, I'm being inside the locker room for that night, you know, taking the pictures, hanging out, getting to meet Seth and his brother, to see that, how they interacted with all the kids. Um, you know, the whole team, everyone got so involved, and it was such, like you said, a morale booster, and it's just coming togetherness and, and really boosting up this mini-time presence at Wilson. But, I, you know, you mentioned some bastards on the team, and I from what I saw that night, the the amount of effort that Nate bent to come all when he put into that was yes. absolutely incredible. And Nate is a huge, like he is a very uh, he, he takes his job very seriously, and um, you know he's one of my best friends. Um, I I met him in tenth grade, and we've gotten really close. And I was when I was made overall, I knew that he was my guy for rules and regulations. I knew he would take. It's that one of those positions, at least at the minithon level, that you have to have fun, but you have to have a very uh, good mindset. Right. I'm completely for, uh, familiar with that because I was a captain for yes. rules and regs at, at Penn State for Stamps Marathon 2007. So when you, when I found out, when you know, when I approached him because I knew he was involved. Yeah. Um, from the, from the McCaskey the game, and in November, I think I said to him, I was like, you know. Justin and I, you know, Mr. Raffles and I, do we do this sports show? We thought it kind of be cool yeah. to do it from Minton, and he, and and he's like, because I knew he was involved, and right away he turned around and you were back there. And he yeah, pulled you uh, up. he pulled me. I was like, yes, this is amazing, <laughs> and you know, that's when the you know the pieces started coming together, and I mean, look at all this uh, yeah. in front of us. It's amazing, and uh, to to think that students can put something together like this is truly incredible, and it goes to show that. Everyone in here, whether it's a blue shirt or the committee members, they really worked their butts this year, and for you know they they really took the they really took it into account in their own hands, and we're really lucky to have everyone. Now I'm gonna presume, and I maybe I'm presuming wrong. You were involved with Minithon last year. Yes. Okay. I figured being the overall hall, you probably had to come in with some working knowledge. Yeah. Now, what was your involvement like last year? Um, last year I was the technology captain, um, and actually our technology captain. This year, Connor Hargrave, he, um, you know, I didn't really have much. I knew how to make videos. Um, last year, we was kind of just piecing it together. It was our first year. Um, you know, I made a lot of the videos, but kept Mr. Parks, Mr. Parks and Connor Hargrave were there the whole night helping us out. And, like, their setup that they have here with all the screens and stuff, that was all them. And he's been making, um, he's been taking pictures at all our events. He's been making all the, the line dance video he's made. It's truly incredible. And um, 
uh, you know, that was my part last year, you know, all the pictures and the videos and stuff, but really, like, Mr. Parks and that whole, and Connor and that whole technology crew, just the work that they do, for not only for Minithon, but for all events around the school, it's truly remarkable, and we can't thank them enough. Yeah, I'm familiar with uh, Connor and his work um, at the football games, doing the productions there, all top-notch, yeah. really great the way that they've been able to do that, broadcast the games. But, and Connor actually played for me at West. He played football for me. He did. Uh, so, yeah, it was nice to see him involved as well. I always like to see kids that I, I know getting involved in things. So that was great to see him, and it's awesome to hear you speak so highly of him. Um, now, you know, obviously, the, this main event, you know, it's, the, it's just everything coming together. It's awesome to see. It's stressful at times, but it's a great event. It's a happy stress. Exactly. It's a happy perfect stress. way to describe it. Yeah. So, putting this to the side, though, during the year, what's your favorite event, or what was the best part of the past year? I'm getting 2015 ready. For many thoughts, yeah. I would have to say definitely the uh, definitely the gold out. I would say or the basketball game. Okay. Because it was kind of it was one of those events where we you know we had to run it professionally. Right. And it was a good preparation for a night like this. You know we had the walkie talkies out. Right. Yeah. We had all the concession stands <laughs> up. And it was, uh, I mean, that basketball game was hilarious. Mr. Keenan, what a a character. I mean, he didn't have much basketball skill, but he was running around with a GoPro on his head. He knew how to entertain. Yeah. Yeah. I know, for anyone that knows Mr. Keener, he does know how to entertain. Man, I think we're going to see him a little later. He'll be here at 1 o'clock. His band is going to perform. All right. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Now, now you you mentioned two things throughout the year that are awesome, but thinking about this, uh, 12 hour period, six to six. Is there an event or something that happens that you're like, that's the best part of that day? If you're going to see one thing at Minicon, what would that be? Definitely the reveal. The reveal. Yeah. I, I would say it's the reveal, especially. I mean, I guess you have to take it all in first in order for that to feel special. Um, but it's definitely the real, the, the reveal to see that all the emotions going on. And, you know, it, all the captains we met. It doesn't feel like it's today, many times. But when that reveal goes off, there's going to be tears, oh, yeah. screams of joy. I can tell you it's we're in a really good spot, and I think uh, everyone will be very impressed with the work. Awesome, awesome. Now, a couple more song-related questions before I want to ask you a couple sports things, and we'll let you go. We know you, you got a lot to do this yeah. evening. Um, so just a simple one. I think I've heard you answer this on a promotional video, but why why do you thong? Why do you get involved? Why do you want to be here? Why do you want to be a part of it? My personality, my mindset, I really want to help others. And actually, um, I really like helping out in the community. I want to become a middle school teacher and, you know, give back. to. I've had so many incredible teachers in my life and uh, people that I look up to have really helped me guide my way. And to see... See a child that has to, you know, endure pain every single day, and to, you know, it makes my instinct. It makes me want to help them that much more, and I think that's what our captains and all the students and all the people here have really taken that into account. And uh, it's, you know, this is why we've gone, and this is this is why we raise all this money, because we, we we truly realize that we are one school, but we can make a big difference. There's, and that's why all there's over 100. 50 schools in Pennsylvania that do this. It's truly amazing to see that this has become a great trend. Um, and Four Diamonds just does amazing work. And they are so helpful and they're able to um, help us um, in every way that 
you know, that's humanly possible. Yeah, the growth and awareness of Minisan and, and Four Diamonds fund by extension is, has been so great over the last you should, 10 years. You should see, like, some of the schools, like Cumberland Valley. Oh, yeah. Two hundred dollars They've been doing it for nine years. Collectively over a million dollars now yeah. over the, the, the life of their Minisan. And that's our goal, you know, to, to keep this trend moving. You know, Josh Heckman last year started um, our Minisan program. Without him, you know, this without getting that first year in, you know, last year we had a huge success, and this year it's even, it's just going to keep on going, and I'm excited to see what the people in the future can do. I'm really glad that we're making this a really good tradition at Wilson. Now, besides being mini-thon overall, um, you're kind of a multifaceted, diverse person. Yeah, pretty much everything that's, that's I... putting it nicely. Everything he, I see at Everywhere Wilson, you go... You find Ian. Yeah, that, that's kind of funny. Now, I've only really known you since November when we first yeah, started talking about it. We got texts and some phone calls and emails and stuff. And the more that I, I've learned about you, I'm like, so he does everything. And, you know, I talked to uh, Justin and, um, you know, our, our friend Greg here, who's teacher at Twin Valley. He knew you. Yeah. He knew you from your music acumen. Yeah. Um, so you're involved in music, both musical and chorus. Yes. Uh, you, you know, um, it's just incredible to see the list of things that you do. It just goes on and on and on. And while I love all those aspects, I was in the band, love the music stuff. Um, you're involved with Don, obviously. Um, what we want to focus on right now is sports. And, oh, by the way, you're a scholarship athlete, yeah. which is just incredible to me as more and more I learned about you. Um, you're apparently a pretty darn good baseball player. Yeah, I'm a left-handed pitcher. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Eastern University, um, which is Division Three to play on their team next year. It's in Philadelphia. It's by Phil Nova, St. David's PA right. area. So um, that's very exciting. I'm really, uh, you know, I'm not that tall, um, <laughs> but when you're lefty, uh, you, can, you can do it. They need you. So I'm really, uh, I, baseball is one of my passions. I want to become a coach someday and help out, in the, hopefully, uh, in the school district. Um, you know, Mr. Law, if you know him, he's one of my yep. great role models. And, uh, I really want to become something like him. He does everything at Southern. Like, he's student council. He does the morning announcements, which I used to do. I actually used to be the sportscaster <laughs> over at Southern. Well, there you go. Um, well, and I know for the last five years he's been the, the middle school football coach. Yes. Uh, being at West, I, I'm familiar with him from being at Southern. Um, but, you know, that's great. Uh, a scholarship player going to Eastern to pitch. I didn't know you were a pitcher. I didn't yeah. get that far into the, yeah. the sports. That's even more amazing. Pitching one of the most demanding positions you can play. Um, being a southpaw, incredible. Now, I assume, um, we know you're going to Eastern. You said you wanted to be a teacher. You're doing yep. a form of education for your major then? Yes, uh, middle school education, which is kind of a newer cert yeah. uh, certification. Um, so you get four through eight, um, and you focus on a subject area, I think one or two. Is there, but, is there one that one or two you know you want to focus on? Uh, history and English. Okay. Um, so basically, four through six, you're guaranteed um, all subject levels, like a normal elementary school teacher. But then seven and eight, if you teach there, you have to teach at your certified subject area. So it's a, li it's a little bit of balance. And I really like the middle school level, you know. I think for sure I found that out um, going on the sixth grade camp trip. Um, being a counselor yeah, yeah, yeah. there, oh, yeah. and um, you know, I coach, I uh, help uh, coach around the community, like the Spring Township Athletic uh, Association. Yep. Um, I actually helped coach black football a couple years ago for an internship uh, for my grad project. Awesome. 
it's really great to hear everything that you're involved in, um, so much uh, so that uh, you were able to get this baton overall position. Uh, now, I know I don't want to keep you much longer, uh, but, you know, this event will end. I'm sure you guys will take a day to relax, yeah. then probably on to 2016. Not quite yet. Do you have a hand in working with that? Will you talk to people that will take over, like you hand it down? Yeah, we'll, um, I mean, we'll probably do a little debriefing. I mean, we've got a lot to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) The WAGS room uh, in our school, which is like the meeting room, that is a mess right now. (laughs) So, um, all for a good cause. Yeah, it's all All for, it's for the kids. So, um, we will, yeah, we'll do a little debriefing, you know, let everyone breathe. It's been like a, it's been a train all year, so let's we'll uh, tone it back a little bit, um, and uh, you know have a little debriefing. What went well, what went didn't go well this right. year, what yep. we can improve on, and then we'll hand it over. Um, we'll discuss on our leaders next year. But we got a really good um, core senior group or a junior group that we really feel can take the reins next year, make this even better. Awesome, awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us, Ian. Again, that was Ian Ross, the 2015 Miniton overall. Also, scholarship baseball player going to Eastern, uh, which we love to talk about sports here on the Joe Mason J-Rap show. So, thank you so yeah, much, Thank Ian, you for, so thank much you for, for being here. Us. Yeah, the, no, thank you for getting this, helping us get this set up and everything. <laughs> this is awesome. awesome. This is a lot of fun. adds to the atmosphere. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a short break to clean up. We'll come back for the last five minutes before our first broadcast ends. So this is Joe Mays and J-Rep Show, live from Wilson Mini Song 2015. We'll be right back. So we're back here at Wilson Minicon 2015. We'll wrap up here. We've got about five minutes to go before we sign off for the first part of our uh, two-day show here at Wilson Minicon. Again, uh, we're on for six to nine here tonight during the community carnival where Minicon was actually open to anyone uh, that wanted to come in and partake, take a gander of what's going on here in the gymnasium, uh, mingle with uh, the committee members and the uh, dancers, and uh, now we're winding down. We had an awesome, awesome first part of the show. We had uh, a bunch of interviews, which is great. It was so much fun to interview uh, the football players, the Four Diamonds Fun families, uh, Vinny Thon overall, Ian Roth was just with us. It, it was really, really incredible. Um, you know, we're, we're going to come back here for two hours tomorrow morning, uh, 4.30 to 6.30. The event actually ends at 6. But we wanted to be on here on the air when they revealed the total. I don't know if we'll make it to 6.30. We might end it a few minutes after 6. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, um, great start to uh, Minicon 2015. We're now almost three hours in, and we'll be signing off here in a couple minutes. Um, you know, we, we didn't talk a ton of sports here this evening, but it was more important that we spread the awareness and go over the cause, um, the great uh, thing that is the Four Diamonds Fund, uh, and, and THON and MINI-THON run by the students of high schools and uh, Penn State University. Um, and what's happening now is it's going to get loud again is uh, the tradition known as the line dance, uh, which is just one of the highlights of any THON and now MINI-THON is trickled down to. Uh, it's kind of a recap of the year that was in popular culture, news, as well as things related to the school itself. Um, so it'll be fun to watch the Wilson version, which uh, usually plays uh, once an hour. So we get the uh, get the end here with a bit of a, a loud moment from uh, the line dance here at, at Minitown 2015. Yeah, it's, um, you know, anyone who's 
thought, you know, we are a few hours in. Are they going to start to hit a wall here? Absolutely not. Um, they're, they're definitely ready to go. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if that's how they plan it. It might be, but the line dance really kind of gets everyone going again. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and now that they all know the dance, it's even better. Yeah. 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 The first few times, everybody's kind of working out the kicks on that. But now they seem to have it kind of down pat. Um, you know, and they'll have plenty more opportunities as the night goes on, and we'll see it a few more times in the morning. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I like just said, it's kind of designed to get people out there moving. It's meant for the dancers to get stretching done, do some movements, move around, because as the hours wear right. on, they get they get right. worn down, they start tired, you might start standing still a little yep. bit more, and that's just going to wear on you and make it harder and harder. It really is, other than the reveal and getting to hang out with the kids, the line dance is kind of the part that everyone looks forward to. And they're running through it right now. I see highlights with Mr. Meyer, as mentioned, uh, and math teacher at Wilson High School. Um, your water polo team, I don't know if you were in any of the pictures. I noticed they stole some pictures from me and are using it from the Wilson football webpage. So it's nice to be included. Uh, but I couldn't be more happy that they asked us to do this. So really, we asked them. We were kind of like, hey, could we do this? And it, it seemed to work out. I think uh, it, uh, I, I think people have really taken on to it. I'm not sure too many people actually. They kind of knew we did a show, but I don't think they knew that it was like this. Right, yeah. I don't think. You know, some of them have said that, like, they knew they saw it 